Hey everyone, this is Brad. Before the podcast kicks off tonight, I wanted to give some AV love to Harry Dean Stanton. We just received the news that the character actor passed away at the age of 91. He starred in two of our marathon movies, Escape from New York and Christine. He also starred in movies like Alien, Avengers, and many other genre classics. So rest in peace, Harry. Also, a quick heads up, we are in the process of remodeling the studio. So if you would like to donate to the cause, you can go to Operation Weatherproof at adventuresinvideoland.com. Tonight you may experience some outdoor noises due to the remodeling, but don't let that distract you because we have one hell of a conversation tonight. Welcome to our John Carpenter Marathon. What's up, Videolanders? I'm Brad. I'm Kyle. And Nathan. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude. Uh, yeah, so sometimes the locker room talk, as the president likes to call it, uh, it kind of filters and pours out of our mouths like a funnel of shit. <laughs> that was a great analogy. <laughs> it's a strong opener. Yeah. We are critics with attitude. <laughs> Also, spoiler alert for some old-school John Carpenter flicks. Mm -hmm. With all that said, welcome to the Marathon Golden Idols. With our marathons, we choose five to six movies from the same genre or director to view and compare. The various category winners are given Golden Idols, and the movie with the most Golden Idols wins. This exercise has helped us understand filmmaking and change the way we watch movies. We use the marathon to examine and discuss films we've needed to see or haven't seen in a while. Tonight's podcast is a prelude to our horror episode on October 28th. Cousin Wayne, Nathan, and I will be putting The Evil Dead against Evil Dead 2, and we will also share our top five horror films of all time. You pretty pumped about that? I'm absolutely pumped about it, yeah. It's going to be an epic night. Cousin Wayne and I getting matching Stay Scared George A. Romero tattoos. Nice. 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 <laughs> We're going to drink some beers. Sure. We're going to get a little nuts. Oh, yeah. Might show our nuts. Oh, yeah, nuts. Let's get nuts. <laughs> so what better way to prepare for our Halloween episode than to look back at one of the most iconic horror film directors of all time. Tonight, we will examine the signature style and rebellious spirit of the master of horror, John Carpenter. We'll be talking about six movies that John Carpenter made from 1976 to 1988. Kyle, what six movies did we decide on during this 12-year span, and how do they stack up against each other? Well, first, we're going to note that The Thing is not a part of this marathon right. because it is already in, it's already in Pantheon, Brad. See, we did it last year, which another movie uh, that it was also in the same thing that we did for uh, small-scale alien invasions uh, made it back into this one. But Thing went up to Pantheon, so it becomes ineligible to be a part of marathons yep. moving forward. So that's why The Thing's not in here, okay? So get off our fucking dicks. But why no Prince of Darkness or The Fog or because, Starman? Because they're goddamn awful. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like The Fog. I just watched The Fog again. The Fog's okay. I it's okay. Sure. It's okay. Vampire's pretty good. The <laughs> <laughs> mouth of madness maybe could have popped. Well, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. There, there's, pl we're, we're, yeah. there's plenty we could have added, to be right. honest with you. But we've, I think we found a pretty good blend I think here. this is great. I think we yeah. found a good blend. Alright, so first up from 1976 is the original Assault on Precinct 13. It stars Austin Stoker and Darwin Justin. Has an IMDb score of 7.4 and are high on Rotten Tomatoes of 97%. Is it really? It is. Huh. Then, our next film up, uh, cult classic favorite, 1986, Big Trouble in Little China, starring Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall. 
IMDb, 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes, 82%. Ooh. Next up, uh, we talked about It a little bit earlier. Yeah, we're backlogging. I, I don't, I sh- I'd give away our secrets. <laughs> but uh, Christine from 1983. Uh, Keith Gordon and John Stockwell star. It has both our lows on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes of 6.6 and 68%. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, another Kurt Russell vehicle, also with Lee Van Cleve, 1981's Escape from New York, IMDb of 7.2, Rotten Tomatoes of 86%. Then we've got one of the big slashers from 1978, Halloween, starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance, IMDb's high of 7.8, Rotten Tomatoes at 93%. And we wrap it up with, uh, something that ran through the ringer last year, they Live from 1988, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David. IMDb score of 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes of 84%. Right on. I think out of about, man, somewhere around 20... I think this is maybe our 25th marathon, 24th. Jeez, it's up there. Is it really? really? Yeah. Oh, we watched a lot of movies. Yeah, it's getting up there. Uh, but I think this is one of my favorite, man. Definitely top five. Oh, this is, this is sure. super fun. What do you guys say think? Do you guys time, have fun? Yeah, you obviously. do say that every time. I say it every time, but I really <laughs> like this marathon. Man, John Carpenter was unstoppable from... Mid seventies to mid eighties. You know, so this is a twelve year span in his career, and these are amazing films. Like to think that like there there's a director out there who who did, let's say let's say any of these films, but did all of them mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time, and not only just directed them, but in many times produced them, wrote them, did the score, score acted in them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Established, like, that is nuts. Established a reputation as a director and a musician. That right. is hard. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the fact that we've gone two years, we've gone two seasons, that we've not covered John Carpenter as part of our Labor Day marathons is yeah. kind of astounding. <laughs> just now that, I, now that I really look at it and see like, oh, wow, he really is like the Renaissance man of Hollywood. Yeah, know? he really is, man. He had that re- rebellious attitude. Yeah. He really changed the uh, cinematic landscape with... That that maverick filmmaking, yeah. which I love, I love about John Carpenter. Um, yeah, looking back at uh, the '90s, we didn't put any '90s movies in here. Mm-hmm. I don't. Whatever your opinion is on John Carpenter in the '90s, I don't know too many filmmakers. Let's not forget about that 12-year span because mm-hmm. I don't know many filmmakers that can make that many hits. Yeah, or actually, they weren't even really hits at his time. They. You know, well, uh, many of them became cult classes. Yeah, yeah, they got some life, you know, um, through home video and things like that. But uh, he was really making some interesting movies in the in those just those few years there. You <laughs> well, know? he had to with his budgets. For yeah, yeah. Like, like, Halloween had a three hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, man. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? That's what that's what amazes me. Like just things like that. Like when you think about how important he is as a director, like. He was basically commissioned for Halloween, let's say, to to do a film that's basically just like a like a drive-in slasher flick. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And like, he put in way more effort than he needed to. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's that kind of defines who who he is. Really, yeah, he's really yeah. a full package too. I mean, yeah. just out of this marathon, we get sci-fi, we get adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we get Assault on Precinct Thirteen, a siege movie. Mm-hmm. You know, right. we, there's there's uh, something for everybody. I think in the John Carpenter marathon. I agree. Um, I think that's what makes it so easy to digest. Because when I'm marathoning, man, I uh, I went above and beyond. I I couldn't stop watching John Carpenter films. I watched <laughs> The Fog. I went back and watched The Thing. Holy yeah. fuck, does that hold up, man? Yeah. It put it really puts shit into perspective when you watch the fucking thing, man. Uh, but I kept on watching them, man. I didn't get to watch Vampires. My son wanted to watch that. <laughs> Uh, but uh, just going back and looking at his body of work, I mean, um, what makes a John Carpenter movie to you guys? Music is a big part yeah, of his movie. Yeah, music movies. is a big part of it. Um, that electronic. Yeah, you know there's I mean? that, that. It's a very distinct sound, but it's always wholly original to whatever movie it's in. Yeah. 
um, is always kind of there. Um, it, a film that always has a weird grit to it. Like, you yeah. can tell, like, it yeah. was made, like, on fucking shaky ground and it still well, pulled out. I think, and I actually wrote down, like, kind of what what are the defining characteristics of a, of a John Carpenter film. And one of them, like you said, is, like, squeezing, like, every penny out of a fucking, yeah. out of a budget. You know what I mean? Like... He, that's one of the big ones. Another, another one I think is um, he always had he, he makes these sort of cynical films with like and he always has these like blue collar heroes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like just regular everyday people that I think is, that's what people relate to. I think. Yeah, he always has that biting political commentary too. Right. Like you look at Escape New York, that was kind of. Uh, it came about because of Watergate, you know, right. and you look at They Live, you, had, uh, you know, with the, the Reagan administration. Mm-hmm. So he always had that biting commentary in the background. Like he just wanted to give. That re- that rebellious middle finger, right? You know, and uh, that that's John Carpenter to me too. That 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 simplistic synth score, mm-hmm. but effective. You know, oh, yeah. when we say simple synth score, that doesn't mean you know he he didn't try. I think sometimes simple, very simplistic stuff is sometimes right. the best way to go. And he was a master of that. Um, something else for me stands out is anti heroes. You know, you look yeah, at Assault yeah. on Precinct 13, Escape from New York. I mean, it's it's guys that are kind of gray. You know, you yeah, look at They Live with Roddy Piper. They have this fuck you attitude, you know, which is really John Carpenter to me, too. So, yeah. um, But John Carpenter is one of the uh, the only horror icons, last, last horror icons that I have not been able to meet. I've been going to horror conventions for... Man, seven, eight years. Man, I've met everybody that I want to, from Romero to, man, um, fucking the whole f- cast of Fright Night. Um, you name it. Bruce Campbell. But uh, I got some tickets, guys. Yeah, I'm I know, going man. to Detroit to see John Carpenter live. So what? I'm dude, actually I'm, fucking stoked, am, man. I'm like, so geeked out about this because you know I've gone to cons, mm. I've gone to book signings. I just came back from uh, Cincinnati. You know, got a uh, um, Bruce Campbell's last memoir signed. Great mm. time, right? But this is going to be sitting down for an hour, hour and a half, listening to John Carpenter play his classic themes. That's crazy. That man. is yeah. awesome. So I got the uh, the VIP tickets. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to meet him. Are you really meet wow. and greet. Um, He'll sign two of anything that I bring. Um, I get you know the T-shirt. Um, I get the uh, uh, a tour poster yeah. signed, John Carpenter, twenty seventeen um, anthology tour poster. I am so pumped for this, man. Um, but enough about my epic adventures. <laughs> okay, they're coming up. Are you shitters ready <laughs> to shake the pillars of heaven? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into tonight's Golden Isles. Kyle, best film location. Take us out. I'm um, I'm starting us off with a big one, and it's New York from Escape from New York. Oh yeah. Um, it's this gritty rehashing of what New York is. If it's this fucking walled off prison, uh, it's so fucking like run to the ground and and just fucking awful. Like, uh, it, it's definitely you know the cliche of oh the city is a character. Like no, New York is a really big fucking part of Escape from New York. It's in the right. goddamn title. It's in the title. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's such a, like, weird, futuristic, but also very, like, in a now kind of time frame for when this movie was made. Um, plus, like, you just dissect all this stuff, like, there's, like, weird, like, almost, like, mutant gangs and the fucking sewers, and, like, the government of the city is basically replaced with, like, this fucking criminal, like, feudal, you know what I mean, like, society where there's, like, a duke and shit, like... It's fucking cool, man. Chock, chock full, full of nuts. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In Jinx, you owe me a chock full of nuts. <laughs> That's awesome. Where'd you go? That's my runner-up. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do you one better. Los Angeles. 
in they Escape live. from L.A.? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in they live. And he watched the, all the movies from 90 so, to 98. <laughs> so let, let me tell you why I think Los Angeles is better. Okay, so first of all, so what is what is Los Angeles? When you think about Los Angeles, it, what does it symbolize? You know what I mean? Like, we, we watched High and Low, right, for the Alfred Hitchcock Marathon. Los Angeles is a city of highs and lows. You know what I mean? Um, it, it is, what did I say? Hitchcock. Oh, yeah, the other one, Kurosawa, sorry. The um, other one. The other one. Um, it's, a, it's a city of highs and lows, right? Um, there's a lot of haves and haves nots, have-nots. There's, when I think of Los Angeles, you know, there's this, there's this, I don't know if you've ever been to Los Angeles, but there's so much care that, like, everyday people like you and me put into their appearance. They've got, like, everyone's got, like, fucking $800 sunglasses and fucking, they go to sleep with those fucking crest whitening strips and shit. They got fake tits and, like, it's just, <laughs> the whole thing, it's just phony. You know what I mean? Like, and everyone has this fucking mask on, basically. And, like, I think if you think of other films that I think really, like, exemplify what Los Angeles is all about, like American Beauty, right? Like, um, where nobody is really what they seem. You got, like, the, the ex-military guy who's, like, super anti-gay, turns out to have, like, latent homosexual, like, urges. Uh, the sexually aggressive cheerleader ends up being a virgin. You know what I mean? Like, the point is, like, nobody is really authentic you know what I mean? There's it's just layers and layers of like phoniness. Now, now to set Los An to set this story in Los Angeles, where like it's literally about people who aren't what they seem to be. You know what I mean? Like about how there's this layer beneath them that like that's what they really are. I think that's great. You know what I mean? I think yeah, it really ties in like what what Los Angeles sort of symbolizes to the greater narrative of the film. So I, that's for me, it's Los Angeles. Right on, my best film location is uh, following a 400% increase in crime, the United <laughs> States has turned Manhattan into a maximum security prison, okay? <laughs> Other filmmakers have tried to do Escape from New York. Yeah. You know, uh, Doomsday came out, man, 10, 15 years ago, but no one can quite do it like John Carpenter did with Escape from New York. Um, I'm so fascinated by all the different components that made New York. So it's definitely my favorite fictional setting, but it's also all the things that went into making New York. Like, mm. he couldn't film this movie in the streets of New York, of Manhattan. <clears throat> so they went over to St. Louis, right? <laughs> St. Louis, parts of the city were destroyed by a fire. Right. So they're just like, have free reign, dump shit on the streets, okay? <laughs> you can shut off city... You know, blocks of, of electricity. Just do whatever the fuck you want. You know, they were they were going to um, the the local dump, grabbing you know trash and just dumping it on the streets, right? Uh -huh. So St. Louis turning that into New York, um, that was awesome. That's one of the components that they did to make uh, to to make New York. Um, Matt paintings brought in James Cameron. You know, to 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 make the uh, the New York skyline. Mm -hmm. um, and do you guys see the model of New York? Mm -hmm. Oh my! I could not stop watching the special features for New York, watching them make the models. Um, this is pre Google, guys. Okay, so to get the scale of the city, they had to look at pamphlets and maps, mm. and then count the windows. Okay, hmm. to get it to get the scale of New York. Right. Um, but just all of that. And then uh, I think something that was so important to make you believe that you're actually in New York is uh, John Carpenter was one of the first um, filmmakers to get that establishing shot on Liberty Island hmm. right when New York opened. So once you show me that the Statue of Liberty and you're on location, I believe that we're in Manhattan. Right. You can take me to St. Louis. You can show me your map paintings and your models. Um, but yeah, the fictional setting, all the components, um, New York, Escape from New York is where I went. All right, that takes us to best character. 
All right. Uh, some pretty decent characters here, uh, but no one touches Jack Burton. Uh, he is the epitome of cool and kind of like an unknowing loser all at the same yeah. time. Like, he's a total fucking douchebag. Like, if you met him at a bar, you would hate him, but if he was your friend, you would, like, love <laughs> yeah, the shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got this, like, just weird background of a dude who hustles Chinese men for money. The film started off as a Western. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it started off as a Western. So if you, if you think of, if you just rethink the film and you think of Jack Burton as a cowboy who's like, rather than coming in on this big rig, he's coming in on his horse, mm-hmm. and he's, he's spending all night gambling. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same exact yeah, fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. It's just modern, right? right? Like, it makes sense. Like, I, I agree with you. I also want Jack Burton, because yeah. I think it's the objectively the correct choice. Yeah. Um, but he just, like, he has all the great lines in the film. Uh, I Honestly, it's like it's like Wang Chi's film, and, like, he's still the, yeah, the he's top billing. Like, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> um... He's fucking, like, I could listen to him on the fucking CB, like, all day. Mm-hmm. You know, just him, like, just being like, you just you just listen to all what Jack Burton says. You know, the check is in the mail and shit. I just, I love that. I eat that shit yeah. up, man. Jack Burton. If you, had, if you had to pick, are you more of a John Wayne fan or a Clint Eastwood fan? John Wayne. Yeah, I think that's that's why you look at uh, Jack Burton. Um, his character was formed off John Wayne, mm. and Snake Plissken was off of Clint Eastwood. I absolutely, yeah, I, think, yeah, I, I think, totally understand that. I yeah. think I'm more of a John Wayne guy, too. I went with... Um, Jack Burton as well, the urban cowboy Jack Clean Burton. Sweet. Well, I think one of the important. So if you you can compare Jack Burton and Snake all you want, but like I, Snake, I love how different they are though. It's they're a, absolutely. I different. think it's a great double feature because yeah, you know, like see, yeah. like yeah, because uh, Escape from New York, he's he's very um, I don't know, he's he's more of an action hero. Like you're, yeah. you're 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 normal, your average action hero, but you have Jack Burton that's a little bit more fun. You know, Jack Burton has flaws. Jack, Jack Burton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Burton oh, thinks he's, he's Indiana Jones. Fun. And he's yeah, not. Yeah. He's, you know he's what I mean? Short round at best, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> short round at best, and like, and that's what's so that's what's so charming about the character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he thinks he's so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, the, those two are such a good double billing that there is a comic of Jack Burton and Snake Plissken like, <laughs> oh, really? going on adventures and shit yeah, together. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's got all the best one-liners. He's a mile a minute. Yeah. Um, what I like about him, to quote Jack, he says he's a reasonable guy. Who just experienced some unreasonable things? Right. <laughs> some of my favorite lines from um, from Jack Burton is when he's dealing with the supernatural. Like, there's that quote where he's on the phone, and I can't even do it like him. I, but he's like, he's on the telephone. He's I like, don't want to hear no act of God. He's like, like yeah. all I know is this low pan character comes out of thin air in the middle of a goddamn alley <laughs> while his buddies are flying around on wires, cutting everybody to shreds. And he just stands there waiting for me to drive my truck straight through him with light coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> but like some of my favorite characters of all time is that, that sarcastic hero who yeah. gets in to the shit. You know, he's he's yeah. in too deep, you know, like an ash from Evil Dead or a, you know, he's yeah. like a blue collar Indiana Jones, you know? Yeah. When he like gets in disguise as the fucking like businessman yeah. and he's like so terrible at it. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> like yeah. you're just giving it away, dude. <laughs> Yeah, he's just this all-American trucker that's faced with this mystical threat. Yeah. That's a fun character. It, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, I did want to go back real quick. Did you guys have any runner-ups for location? No. One yeah, mine stu- was New York City. One stood out for me that I really liked. Um, it was the assembly line in Christine. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really cool, just to start off your movie. I, I really enjoyed yeah. that. Um, do you guys have any runner-ups for um, best character? No. Not yeah, at all, really. It was, it was Jack Burton. It was, was I mean, it was Jack Burton, man. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I did like you listen to Kurt Russell, and he said that he had a quote about um, Snake. He says, Snake's the kind of character that um, all he thinks about is the next 60 seconds. Living for exactly that next minute is all there is. And uh, that's that's why I like Snake, though. I think there's uh, they're both very interesting characters, but I have more fun with Jack Burton. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right, so uh, where are we going for best screen duo? Best duo. Uh, one day I hope to find a love as strong as Arnie and Christine's. <laughs> um, it, like, Arnie, you know, obviously is a completely different character when there's no Christine, and when there is Christine, he's like this... Like, it almost feels like two fucking different actors play Arnie, yeah, just because yeah. he's like that fucking different around this car. Um, yeah, it, it's such a... a, a beautifully dangerous like combination of of them just tearing each other yeah. apart it's it's that bully or that kid that's been bullied who gets that ultimate power yeah yeah it's like well, a, I think it's, it's like more a, than that i i think that like i mean if you did, i we were talking about this at work today and like i honestly think like it's not even really a horror movie i think of it as like a love story mm-hmm. you know what i mean it, it's really the love story between between arnie cunningham and christine it is my pick as well by mm-hmm. the way um you know like it's like he finds if you just take the car out of it for a second and be like, hey, like he you know, he meets this girl and like she's obviously fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she's obviously perfect. And like she's almost like just forgotten that. You know what I mean? And like he but he sees it and he and he he takes her in and he like helps her to remember how amazing she is. You know what I mean? And like so they had they develop this relationship and just the fact that she's so amazing, like that kind of empowers him and can helps him to become more assertive and to you know just to stand up for himself or whatever and they sort of they build each other up and like mm-hmm. that's beautiful now just imagine that like she's also this crazy fucking bitch that kills people and, <laughs> and she's a 58 plymouth fury yeah. I, <laughs> like, this was a, awesome do you remember me talking about um christine when we were doing our akira yeah yeah, yeah i talked about it quite a bit and uh i went with christine and uh, arnie as well yeah um, but yeah, okay. I, I I love their relationship. You know, it's um, he's completely obsessed with her, and but he's she's very attached to her owner, and I like how possession comes off in this movie, mm-hmm. where the more attached that he becomes to Christine, the possession starts to change him throughout the movie, where he starts wearing 1950s clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's becoming more 1950s for her. Yeah. And like, Do you guys even... like the relationship between Arnie and uh, what was his friend's name? Dennis. Dennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that kind of reminds me of a cure relationship, relationship yeah. too. Yeah. No. And yeah, no, you're actually right. I hadn't thought about that, but it is a similar. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, no, I, I like it. And then honestly, like, I don't. Christine's not even like really a villain. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think she's a villain. But then at the same time, like, she she's also just kind of protecting Arnie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I mean, other than the girl, I can't remember his girlfriend's name, but other than the, when he she tries to choke her. She's really just, like, killing people that fucked with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's not necessarily, like, bad, but, you know. That's funny. I have a quote from uh, Keith Gordon, the guy who plays Arnie. Mm. He said on the DVD extra, he said that he pretended the car was a woman. So wherever he touched the car, he imagined which part of, a, of the woman the car was. Mm. Mm-hmm. I kept on thinking after hearing that. I wonder which part was the pussy. The tailpipe. Wait, no. <laughs> 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 So just food for thought. I mean, oh, just yeah. food for thought. So this is her pussy. So this is <laughs> right on, man. Very leathery interior. It's what le- ew. <laughs> All right, that takes us to villain. Takes us to best villain and or antagonist. And uh, I'm I'm going with the classic Michael Myers. Um, boring. Sure, yeah, of course it's boring. But you know what? It's fucking right. When people were like, "Oh yeah, fucking Paul McCartney's your favorite Beatle." Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> why why is he the best the fuck villain? Over it. 
he's the best villain because he's he's this blank canvas and and uh, it's something you know he's got a white face he's got no emotions he's got really almost no drive so you're really putting everything that you want to be that is fucking terrifying into Michael Myers and uh, John Carpenter really gives you that he he allows you to present it and there's a lot of air that goes around it you know obviously the music and everything plays into it but just like Image Alone if you were to to just line up all the the main villains of these movies like Michael Myers like stands out to me I think he stands out I I I know that Michael Myers appeals to people he does not appeal to me no me either. like we we talked about this a little bit of work um Man, you guys are I, talking about this shit at work? Well, oh, just that's, that's, the bro, that's the rules, no, 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 dude. No, no, we're not going to split this up to the versus Michael, a marathon, Jesus man. Jesus Christ. Okay, so like, so we didn't talk about anything at work. Forget I said that. So like, <laughs> uh, no, I just, I I like, I was always like, I was never a Michael Myers guy. I was never a Jason guy. Oh. I'm more of a Freddy guy. You know what I mean? I like, I like villains that have like a style and an attitude and they have, a, it goes back to what you, you've said this before. Like, there are two sides of people. There's people who like pose toys and people who like smash toys, like yeah. I, I, my my, to- I think I would go one step further. I pose toys, but my my villains, my toys, always like monologued. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I like characters who have um, who have personality and who just like Michael Myers is fucking nothing for me. And I, I know that he does a lot for people because he's this in, enduring character. It's a fucking that, score, man. He's got a cool mask, and the score's cool. But man, yeah. he does some dumb shit in this movie. He's, I mean, yeah, the character does nothing for me. I I don't like. I don't like it when I on a character just I, he just has no motivation outside of just like he's evil. You know what I mean? I also don't like just I don't like the like oh he gets shot and then like he just fucking gets back up like the fucking Undertaker or whatever and like and then he's missing at the I, I just I don't know well, I don't like, I, I don't off, like it he comes off looming and menacing and he's in the shadows and then he takes time to put a sheet over his fucking head and right, glasses, glasses. on his sheet well then doesn't she like she stabs him in the neck and like with this little thing and he's like good yeah. like I don't I don't know well, dude. Then there's that the, weird scene when he's by the bushes and hmm. he's like stalking them and he like peeks around the bush and then yeah. they catch up and he's not there and it's broad daylight and I just imagine him. Booking ass to the just, fucking neighbor's yard. <laughs> I just, how does that work? He's not fucking invisible. There's just yeah. some shit that I'm like, no, okay. no, I, I get, and I, and all I, these I get kills that. are boring. Yes, yeah, right. No, I agree. With you. No, no, no. And I, I, I respect your pick, and I, 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 I really do. I'm not like, I'm not you like shitting on it, but I don't. <laughs> the character does absolutely nothing for me, and so like for me, my villain is David Lopan. You know what I mean? Like that's. I just love the idea of this, like. He's this character who was like fucking cursed, and he's like lost his flesh basically. So he's he's this fucking Chinese mystical sorcerer or whatever who has these like henchmen, and he you know he's like waiting for this Chinese woman with green eyes. Like there's just so much going on with that character that I just that's a really interesting character to me, and I uh, very opposite spectrum of Michael Myers, but there's so much going on with, with yeah David yeah, like, and he changes like, forms multiple times, yeah, yeah. and he you know I he's great. So for me, it was Lopan. Fucking hands down Lopan. Yeah, mine was hands down Lopan as well. Was it really? Okay. Ancient sorcerer man wants to find the girl with green eyes, yeah. sacrifice her so he can, you know, regain human flesh, and then what, take over the fucking universe? Our okay. telling, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's got some badass followers too, man. He's the got... fucking three storms? <laughs> he's got three, three storms of the shit! <laughs> so yeah, it's like, he's, he's awesome, man. Lopan's awesome. Um, it was, a, for a runner-up, I was gonna go, um, I love They Live, man. And I love the slow burn alien invasion mm. where they're, they're, they use us as their third world, you know, shithole, and they just rip us off of, of our, uh, you know, anything that makes us yeah. tick. I, I like that. I love that slow burn, uh, depleting our resources, but, um... 
Yeah, Lopan is so interesting to me. He's, he's fun, too. Yeah, he's You fun. know, he's fun. So I'm going with Lopan. My, my runner-up would have been Christine. I really like Christine mm-hmm. as a character. Like, just this, if you think of her as, like, this jealous girlfriend, you know what I mean? Like, she's, she's great. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I Like I said before, like, I, I watched Christine when I was, like, 18. Uh-huh. And, like, I didn't really think much of it. Or I don't know if my taste changed or what changed, but I watched it, when I watched it again... Was completely fucking blown away by how much mm. I liked it. I was really surprised. Yeah, I do. I, yeah, I have to give some love to Michael Myers though. I did like his. I love his look in the score. Like he's got the look for a slasher. Yeah. He's got the fucking look. Yeah. So that takes us to best hero. Uh, when we do best hero, for me, I, I always kind of put it into who's getting thrust into a situation you know that they they don't want to be in and, and rising to the occasion. And nobody embodies that more than Nada from They Live. Uh, just a fucking down-on-his-luck guy trying to make it by in L.A., stumbles into an alien invasion and has to fucking save the world. Um, and it's it's even more, you know, poignant by the end when he's, you know... He's fucking hell-bent, Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> he's just doing... He's gonna do anything to fucking stop this and even taking, you know, putting himself in the line of fire to, to make sure that he takes out that radio signal at the end. Uh, and, you know, he's just... He's just a fucking badass, too. Like... <laughs> Just a total badass. I mean, we'll, we'll get to some things that he, he says and does, you know, later in this marathon. But uh, he's just got, like, a fucking presence to him. Like, he, he has a, a, a Jack Burton look, but a Snake Plissken cool. Yeah, he does. That's a good... <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. I remember we did the, we did the Secret Invasion Marathon or whatever. And, <laughs> and like, my best uh, hero was uh, was Gary King. And I stand by that. But when, I remember, I remember you when can't I, choose Gary <laughs> King again. <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm doubling down, man. It's gonna be my wild card. Um, so I remember I, I said it, and Brad was like, "I'm gonna give you one chance to change your fucking mind." <laughs> and he was like, "Look, the answer's nada." You know what I mean? Like, and then here's and here's why. Um, it was like he goes above and beyond at every point in this film to be a hero. You know, he goes out of his way. Like, he fist fights his only friend for, like, five and a half minutes. <laughs> fights, like, the longest fight in cinematic history mm-hmm. with, with his only friend just to get him to put on a pair of fucking sunglasses. <laughs> just so he can see the fucking Just so he threat. can see this shit. I mean, like, all the shit that he goes through. He doesn't I mean, even know him that well. He doesn't even know this dude. Yeah, I mean, he's just like, he's like, you gotta fucking see this. <laughs> and, like, so, I mean, he, he, he sacrifices basically everything. And even and, and he he goes just just to expose the aliens to everybody. He 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 dies in the end while giving them the fucking middle finger. Yeah. That's a hero. That's that's the I, it's gotta be gotta be fucking. Yeah. Hero. Since we've been doing marathons and verses, I think he is the he is the fucking hero. He's the hero. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He investigates the church. His friends tell him to leave it alone. Don't don't investigate it. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? Keith Davis says, "What the fuck are you doing, dude? Just leave it be." You know. He discovers the uh, the aliens live among us. He does everything he can to convince his friend. He joins the resistance and ultimately sacrifices himself to reveal the aliens to the fucking world right. while giving the finger. I mean, is there is there another choice? No, I, I it's think a, it's no, fucking it's, it. That's a hero. Yeah, yeah so that's what I went as well. So take us to best kill. Best kill, man. A lot of a lot of does here. So we had a, a pretty no, big. Uh... I don't think there's the for John Carpenter master of horror. I was kind of let down with just the kills in general. Like there were some good ones, but I'll give you that. I thought there yeah. was gonna be some better kills. Sure, uh, but there were a lot. But there were a lot of kills. Too. <laughs> there were a lot. Um, I I ultimately went with uh, the ice cream truck kill. It's fucking mm. brutal. From assault, uh, assault on precinct thirteen because it really kind of like you you expect something bad's gonna happen to this child eating her ice cream, but like it just goes. Right. Like you got a gun on somebody else and he just fucking turns and just 
it's putting the bullet through the ice cream cone. The ice cream <laughs> splatters <laughs> on so her. It really does it, isn't it? It splatters <laughs> on her and then blood's like just Hey, shooting. mister! Hey, mister! <laughs> Boom! Just fucking done. Like, I'm not even looking. You're just fucking... Yeah, that's that's mean, me. isn't it? That's a fucking it's mean pretty kill. Cool. It's fucking, yeah. like, it's, it's definitely the turning point in the movie when you're like, okay... It's dragging a little bit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck. Right. Uh, they just murdered the first death in this movie. Well, I mean, some gang members died at the very beginning, but then, like, there's nothing, and then just, boom, fucking child dead. Right. Like, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, so that one. I, I mean, that, that was a good kill. Uh, <laughs> I hey, think- this, real quick, this isn't necessarily a kill, but I thought I would bring it up. What about that fucking nut grab? <laughs> no, we'll get to that. That was killing those fucking nuts, wasn't it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we'll Christ. get to that. Moochie uh, grabbing those Moochie's grabbing those nuts, man. Man. Um, no, my favorite my favorite one was uh, when Christine uh, runs down uh, Buddy Reppardon. That's a so, like, yeah. great yeah, shot, she, too. She fucking... No, so it's like like she she runs in, fucking into the gas station. She gets lit... She pull, When she pulls out of the gas station, she's all up on fire like yeah. a fucking demon. You that's know what I mean? Awesome. It's sick. Like, that's so good. And then she just fucking runs him down. Yeah. That's and that's awesome. a great Carpenter score, too. I think it's yeah. an underrated Carpenter score. Yeah. Those lights well, come on. And that's really the, one of the only times in that film that it plays it. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? it like, is. Yeah. It's not overplayed. I think that's one of the things that... Like, I love these John Carpenter scores, but in a lot of the films, there's, like, this one piece of music, and they just keep using it and sometimes it kind of overstays its welcome but in Christine they only use it a couple times and like yeah. I think that's one of the times and yeah that's my favorite one just because it looks so just menacing you know what I mean C- coming out of there all, all just like up in flames running this guy down yeah, yeah. my uh, my best kill went to uh, Big Trouble in Little China and it's Jack Burton kills Lopan with a skillful knife throw oh, to yeah. the head it's all now, the reflexes now what I like about that though is it had to happen. That was Jack Burton's big moment because if he did not do that, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me why he's the fucking hero at the beginning right, when Egg's right. talking to the lawyer and he's like, "You leave Jack Burton alone." Yeah. If he would not have killed, you know, yeah. uh, Lopan, it he's just a fucking glorified sidekick. Wang's the real fucking hero. Wang's the hero of the Wang's story. Wang's the hero. Yeah. It's actually funny. The studio um, didn't understand Jack Burton, so they made. Um, him film that opening scene where Egg's talking to the lawyer mm. just, just to give something added to Jack Burton because it, just like me mm. as a viewer I'm like what the fuck yeah, I like Jack yeah. but he's not a fucking hero until he has that moment he needed that that was his hero moment yeah I agree with killing you. the bad guy that's why I got my best kill so uh, but yeah I like that uh, um, the flaming car man mm-hmm. that's awesome with the yeah. sense score uh, the killing the girl that was my um, runner up for mine too the ice cream man um, but what about and this wasn't a kill but it should have been what about Nada being thrown out of the fucking apartment building was, that, was he dead was he dead <laughs> that's a long I mean, fucking yeah. fall yeah I'm saying he's dead I, yeah sure you think sure. so? Yeah, sure. Why not? He's fucking. Why not? Because that makes it that makes a much better story. I agree. <laughs> uh, I will say one of the most dis. I mean, I kind of, I kind of like just how simple it is. But like when uh, when Frank dies, when he just like it's so sudden, where, where like the would just puts the gun to his head and you don't really see it, and then it's just it's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so like anticlimactic and so. But there's something about that that I really like. You know, it's just like it's just okay. Well, yeah. That's that. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. Gotta keep on keeping on. All right, so that takes us to WTF. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so we want to run down a couple of uh, yeah, let's give a couple. This is one of my favorites, guys. So um, uh, for, for for me, I saw the precinct, the kid getting killed was like I, I was literally like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> yeah, out loud. You don't see that too often. Um, you know, big trouble in the little China. In the, which movie did you say? 
That was from Assault on Precinct oh, 13. Oh, yeah. There's no Precinct 13. Did you know that? What? Yeah, there's no Precinct 13. It's actually Precinct 9 Division 13. There's no Precinct 13. <laughs> yeah, that's what the sign says. Really? There's no fucking Precinct 13. Huh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? Unwatchable. Yeah, the, the sign above the door <laughs> reads Division 14. Huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, the... You know, Rio Bravo level racism towards Asians and big trouble in Little China uh, was pretty what the fuck throughout the entire thing. Uh, but I also, like, what the fuck can also be good things. And yeah, I had, yeah. like, two things. Yeah. Like, and Christine, when the fucking car's repairing itself, like, obviously, I understand that oh. they, like, they, like, did it in reverse, but, like, the. Like how the fuck did they do that with the car, like, repairing itself? Like, it's so it fucking looks so seamless. so good. It's yeah. so yeah. goddamn good. Um, for you know, a low budget film in the eighties, yeah. like what? How no, the it's fuck did they do that? Yeah, and when he's like, "Show me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's such just, a great she just rebuilds scene. Rebuilds herself. It's so cool. Fucking gorgeous scene. I don't um, think, in all seriousness, I don't think you could. I almost don't think you could do it better today. It would be. So, it would be CG bullshit. Yeah, yeah it would all be CG it bullshit. Would be shit. Yeah, yeah. It, but it looks special. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It looks like someone took time to do that. You know? Yeah. Another like really fucking cool thing is like. They, they don't really have computer shit in uh, Escape from New York. Like, that scene where he's flying the yeah. plane in, that's all practical. Like, yeah, they right. did, like, neon paint and tape and yeah, shit tape, and yeah. just black. I like, never knew that, neither, until I listened to the like commentary. it a fucking computer. It does. Yeah, they couldn't like, afford the effects in for Escape yeah, from New York. That's really fucking impressive. Um, <laughs> what about the game of potatoes? The game of potatoes? potatoes is sick. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, dude. <laughs> That's it. Just out of nowhere, dude. You got this assault. All right, man. Fucking potatoes. Let's do it's potatoes. Like... But then, but then he wants to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, we gotta man the fucking doors, man. <laughs> um, it, they live just ending on a sex scene is fucking weird. Hey, baby. <laughs> it's a. Wrong? It's the like a weird fucking like abrupt. You I love it. Like, oh, there's, it. there's clearly going to be something after this. Nope. We're ending <laughs> on tits. And then uh, my winner uh, comes from Halloween. And it is, um, so, after Michael kills his sister at the beginning of the movie, he comes outside and his parents pull up. And they step up and they're like, Michael, and they take his mask off. And then no one moves for like a minute. They're just like standing there next to a kid holding a fucking knife and like, it's not like a frozen scene, like the camera's just slowly backing away and the parents are just standing there like... Oh no! But like not moving really. It, you could. I mean, yeah. So I, I get awkward. that it's like supposed to be frozen. You know, I, you're uh, right. It is right. right. I, I I don't I don't think it just it has to be. I, no, that's why I think it's so fucked up. Is that I don't think that that was like supposed to be like frozen. Like it's just really fucking awkward because like they're moving. Like you no, can I see know, you can I, see little but, movements. But, but and it's stuff. but the shots like it's supposed to be frozen. They're just. Right, you, you think that I don't think I, don't, I think it's just really there's fucking no poorly, way that they awkwardly just, done. Mm. Well, that whole the whole that whole sequence, right? The the the, the hand cam through that apparently that was done on the last day of mm-hmm. production. Huh. So maybe it was just one of those things where it was like, all right, wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> just slow pan out, boys. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. What are some of your what's fucks? I had like one. My only real runner up was, and I talked about it on Facebook already. Was just like. The amount of props that they reused in They Live to mm-hmm. save to save this is where we're going wow. back to like just squeezing like the last penny out of everything, right? Like uh, the glasses are like Jack Burton glasses. They're literally oh, Jack Burton cool. spare glasses from from uh, Big Trouble. 
Um, it's like it's like, hey, we still got a box of these fucking glasses. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's build um, a little script around it. <laughs> or, yeah, let's just build a whole fucking script around it. Would you see or, like the most expensive scene in They Live was, was the, the supermarket the, yeah, scene? Yeah, because they had know? to like build it around so they could have all the things. All yeah. the obey stickers on all the bottles yeah. and stuff. That was pretty cool. I never knew that before. That, yeah, that's that's super cool. And then um, that I didn't. It amazes me. I've watched this movie several times and I never noticed until I read it on the website. Just that like the little communicators that they're using, like the SWAT team's using, are fucking. Uh, the Egon's they're the, yeah, yeah they're the, the little like, thing from Ghostbusters yeah. or whatever the EKGs or whatever the fuck it is like mm-hmm. how do I not fucking notice like, I'm one of my favorite movies yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, like yeah. you know and it's clearly an EKG meter mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know what I mean um yeah that was a big what the fuck for me uh my my actual what the fuck was just Moochie grabbing Dennis by the nuts <laughs> <laughs> like just because like I mean yeah I get it like he just I can't remember does, does he does he trip Reperton or whatever he, he knocks him down or whatever it uh-huh. is and it's like I get like I get it like you're gonna come in and fuck this guy up, but you could like kidney shot him, yeah, yeah. or you could like fuck just sucker punch him in the face, <laughs> but like just to reach around and just like just squeeze the shit out of his dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he squeezes that shit hard <laughs> I know, until he like passes out. <laughs> yeah. Who fucking does that? <laughs> That's like, so funny. What an asshole! Yeah. <laughs> like you deserve everything you're gonna get. <laughs> you don't grab a dude by the nuts. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So what? Couple of my what the fucks was um. And I guess I get it, but it's just fucking, it's weird, I guess, where in Christine, they beat the shit out of his car, right? They, 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 they shit on the dashboard. They shit on the dashboard. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that, because like... The vision, you, the, just thinking about this guy shitting on the dashboard. Yeah. Do you think that he stood on the hood? I know. And, and shit through, like, the glass? Or that he, like, got up on the dash, when, like, when and kind of shit on it. When they're at the drive-in, <laughs> like, right, he puts the burgers or whatever on the dashboard? That's yeah. a fucking small dashboard. That's what I'm saying. You gotta get your did asshole right up on his it. ass <laughs> into that? Or did he, like, th- th- he, he would have to, like, where they, smash, shit, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they smash the window, just, like, squatted over it and dropped, dropped it through the window. Right? You'd have to. Or what if you're, like, okay, like, all of us were beating the shit out of the car, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah, you... Tear up the hood. Bro, take a shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. Are you like, shitting on his car? Like, Kyle takes his pants off and shit. It's like, bro. <laughs> I don't want to see your ass, man. <laughs> oh, well, so what's up with Donald Pleasant's English accent as the fucking U.S. president? Yeah. <laughs> I guess he had some kind of backstory for why he has an Eng- English That's accent. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he did, suppose, but they just didn't have time to put it in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, of course. And then I watched the... Did you guys watch the uh, the bank robbery scene for Xavier from New York? It was the uh, deleted scene. Uh-huh. It's like eight fucking minutes, and it's the most boring fucking bank robbery I've ever seen. Is it just where snakes robbing the bank or whatever? Is that what it is? Yeah, I don't even... It doesn't even look like a goddamn bank. I guess it's supposed to be a futuristic bank, but he's just... It, it looks so shitty. It's so long. I'm glad it, they took oh, it wow. out. They just left him mysterious. Yeah. Watching it, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm glad they took it out. Um, and then this one, I don't know if you guys can film me on this, but ever since I was a kid, I hate false advertising. And uh, the Escape from New York poster. We had the fucking uh, Statue of Liberty head. Oh, Everybody's yeah, running yeah. from it. That was one of my runner-ups, man. Just, just as a kid, I was like, I wanted to see the Statue of Liberty in that movie. So every time I watch it, I'm like, where's the fucking Statue of Liberty head? Right. You know? Um, my St. Louis. <laughs> in St. Louis. My main what the fuck, though, wasn't really funny. It was just kind of one of those moments where I was like, wow, man. Um, so, Escape from New York kind of predicted 9-11. You have a bunch of terrorists, they hijack a plane, and they run it into a building, right? So, out of all the marathons that we've been doing for a couple years, we, they predicted it, and we kind of watched it during the 16th anniversary Mm. of Mm 9-11. That was kind of like, wow, man, out of all the weeks that we could, you know, set this up, I watched this on, I think it was like September... 
you know, like 13th or something. So it was like the 16th year, you know. The, you know uh, what? There were, a, there were a lot of coincidences. No, that's not the only one. And then uh, who who died? Who yeah. just died? Um, Harry, Harry uh, Stanton. Yeah, who was in Christine. Who was in Christine. And they released that Christine music video yeah. as well. Yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. We, last time we did the Kurosawa Marathon, or the uh, Miyazaki Marathon, he, he came out of retirement. Out of retirement. Yeah, isn't that crazy? crazy. Yeah, we couldn't, that? You, couldn't, uh, yeah, you couldn't make we, this we shit up. We planned this shit, and we're, oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're future seers. That takes us to best score or soundtrack. Where Halloween! Um, it's one of the most iconic scores just in fucking movies in general. Like, you hear it and you automatically know what it is. Um, it really sets the, the tone for who Michael Myers is, like, in a weird way. Like, like, it has this weird timing. It that, does. like, you're not, when you listen to it, you're not quite sure, like, when it begins or end, You know what I mean? Like, where the sequence yeah. begins or ends. And that's kind of, that's just kind of neat because it's like, it just, it's just disorienting enough that you really kind of, it's like, you kind of believe, like, where is he? You don't really know where he is. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's, it's just disorienting in a way. Right. Like, and, and the song is, is itself is bouncing around from, like, low notes to high notes. Yeah. And, like, it's speeding up and slowing down. And it's all over the place. And it, it's, it fucking works. Like, yeah. The, I mean, if, if you were to, like, put all of John Carpenter's, you know, music pieces together and played them all, like, that's. That's gonna like stand out above everything else. I think like, it's people are gonna the recognize most it. Recognizable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I did a, a like a presentation in college, and it was like using you know music in film, and I used you know Psycho, I used Jaws, and I used Halloween, mm. like it, to to bring home those those points, you know, for uh, scores in horror movies, and yeah, it's. It's fucking iconic, and it's iconic for a reason. Again, it's the Paul McCartney, you know, of this for for me. I, it might be the obvious choice, but you I know. I think no, I don't. I, I mean, I think this was a hard category in a in a lot of ways because like every one of these films has a really good score. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, th- that's one of the things that I think that that makes the John Carpenter thing a John Carpenter thing. He mm-hmm. he composes uh, these pieces, and but I I kind of touched base on this before, like. A lot of times he does these really interesting pieces, but then I feel like they're overused throughout the film, and so maybe maybe that's I, I could. They maybe, live's a bad one for that. I thought they, they live, live uses it sure. a, lot. a lot. It's a yeah. good it's a good piece, but it's used, it's used over and over and over. And I think it happens in Halloween too. So even though I think that maybe it is probably the strongest piece of music, and I agree with everything you said, I also just think it gets overused, and so throughout the whole film, I just yeah, it loses me yeah. at some point. The only film I think <clears throat> that doesn't feel that way is Christine. I think Christine has a has a. I wouldn't say that the the Christine theme, the John Carpenter Christine theme, yeah, is, is as strong is as strong as a lot of these. But you got a soundtrack that also has George Thorogood and the Destroyers, mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones, Richie Valens, Dion on the Belmonts, Buddy Holly, Bonnie Raitt, ABBA. Like, there's something in that in that soundtrack for everybody. You know what I mean? It's just fucking good soundtrack. And, and it's, music, it's not the music is like scoring what's happening in the scenes too. Like right, exactly. It's, it's playing it out, maybe a little too on the nose at times, but like yeah. But I I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's kind of how Christine. Talk. I mean, it, 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 God forbid I give any kind of props to fucking Transformers, but like that's the thing, <laughs> that's the thing that <laughs> I like. Expect that to go that's here. the thing that I like about uh, about uh, Bumblebee. It was it kind of mm-hmm. talks through the radio. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, and Christine kind of has that same thing going on, and like I really like that. You can when you can incorporate the soundtrack into the film in a way, so I think the strongest soundtrack as a whole is Christine. But I agree with you. I, yeah. I mean, I think I think man, Halloween John Carpenter is going live in 2017, and you're giving it to Abba Abba. First of all, don't do shit on fucking <laughs> Abba. 
Dude, I'm not down with anybody's down. Not down with Abba. This was uh, <laughs> this is the first time that um, out of all, I've been a huge John Carpenter fan my entire life since I've loved movies. I've never really focused on his music ever. You know, like yeah, Halloween shit like that, right? But I've never really like focused. It was a big thing for me this time around. I think probably because he's live now, sure. and I was like, you know, oh man, I want to really dig deep into this, and uh, I have to agree with Kyle. Um, it, it's Halloween, man. Like it's in. You know, you said it's like that one piece of music. I have mm. to disagree. There's a couple pieces. Um, you have the main Michael Myers theme, but then you have Laurie's theme as well. Mm. You know, both of those are so good. I think it might be the scariest <laughs> movie music of all time. It is so good. I think most people, I don't think they like Michael Myers. Okay, I think they yeah. like the score and his look. I think they nail that right. And I think that this man, this score is so good. He said that, uh, and this is crazy too to me. He said that. He had the theme already written for years. It was just something that he tinkered on the piano and hadn't necessarily applied it to Halloween. It was just sitting there, and I thought, oh, well, fuck it. That works okay. And I'm like, something so perfect was just laying around. And I think it's uh, – he, he reinvented the will, man. I think uh, you have uh, – before this, you have Psycho, right? Mm-hmm. That That's really – there's some really good uh, – is it Bernie uh, – Bernard, Bernard Shaw. Har- yeah. No, no, for uh, Psycho. What? Bernard um, – Who's the who did the score for Psycho? Is it Elmer Bernstein? No, no. Bernard no. Shaw. Like is it I Bernard Shaw? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, fucking said it three times. <laughs> well, you I better been, be right. Well, you've been wrong. You've been wrong a lot. So, <laughs> so I want to fact check that. But no, Psycho is a great score. But I think this blows Psycho out of the fucking water, man. I think the score here is is perfect for a a horror film. I think. Um, Halloween's. I don't know, man. Halloween's I, perfect, man. I mean, for, I think I, I, I agree with you, but I think I think if I if I had to sit down and I had to think of I had to, I wanted to listen to one of these soundtracks, I think like, yeah, you're right. It's got it's got like two tracks. Bernard Herman. It's like two. It's like two. They, tracks. Oh, whoa, whoa, what was that? Bernard Herman. Bernard yeah, Herman. Like I said. Okay. <laughs> like you said. Uh, I, I think I think I think the Christine soundtrack. I, I don't disagree with. That. I I no. totally get what you're saying. But that Psycho like, soundtrack. Oh shit. Total total score though. Uh-huh. Like the whole thing. I, fucking Christine, man. Yeah, I wanted to go more towards John Carpenter though. Why no, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I totally. Get, I if if I sure. do, I tell you what, man. There's one that I appreciated a lot more this time around though than I ever did, and uh, it was uh, Escape from New York. Oh, Escape yeah. from New York's got a great. Yeah, sound. I think that uh, the, it's the, the main title. Thing. It's got that main title thing. But that's you know it. what? But no, no, no. I think the Duke, the Duke's barricade. I love <laughs> that. Yeah, the Duke arrives. The barricade slash barricade. Mm. That is awesome. When Duke comes in, I think that's a perfect bit of music for his for yeah. his intro. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been my runner-up, but uh, Halloween is just perfect. I think it's the scariest music ever. So well, that takes us to best quote. <clears throat> best quote, uh, man. Jack Burton's got a lot of great things he says, uh, but really, I mean, there, there's really just one quote, isn't it? It's not a yeah. I mean, it's I have come here to chew bubble gum and <laughs> kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. It's so funny. Too. I don't know how, how, what it is, but there's something away. It's he a says weird it. cadence. Yes. It is. Yes. Like I can't do it. Like I, he doesn't say it like a normal person would say it. No, like he, he says it like he's got like some like <laughs> developmental like delay in yeah. himself. Yeah. Like it's so funny. He's like or like he like forgot his line and just <laughs> kept talking anyways. Because he's like, fuck, I'm a wrestler. That's what I, I'm just gonna. I've brain damage, so well, that's I, what's gonna fucking happen. I had, I had heard. I've heard him say that it was just he did off top of his fucking head. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like, it was yeah. like just go. And then I heard Carpenter say that like Piper had this like book of like stupid fucking like one liners to use <laughs> yeah. in like wrestling interviews, and he sure. was like that he pulled him out of that. I believe either one. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just like 
<laughs> Either yeah. way, it's you know it's, it's, it's so, so nonsensical and yeah. like it's so it's so badass and so silly at the same fucking right. time. Yeah, I, I my runner up would have been from Christine, which was she smiled at me. I want to have deep, meaningful sex with her because <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. There is. That would be my runner up, and then almost anything that Jack Burton says would be a runner up. Uh, but yeah, I think there's really one quote. You know what I mean? That that deserves to win. Yeah, mine was Nada as well. Um, but I do got to give a couple runners up, man. Like, um, I love it's ongoing in Escape from New York when everyone says, "I heard you, I heard were, you dead. were dead." I yeah. love that, dude. It, yeah. It's he says that they say it like four or five times in the movie. Yeah, it, I think it's, it was a nod to like a John Wayne movie. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, and everyone dies who says that. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. And then, um, dude, there was a quote that it almost took the Nada one for me, <laughs> only because I was laughing my fucking <laughs> ass off. And it was uh, from um, Assault on Precinct 13, and it was Wells. Um, he goes, in the meantime, I got this plan. It's called Save Ass. <laughs> and they're like, and they're, they're, they go, what is that? He goes, um, <laughs> he goes, and the way it works is this. I slip out one of these windows, and I run like a bastard. <laughs> That's like one of the funniest ones. I run like a bastard. The game's called Save Ass. <laughs> I love that, and this one probably yeah. should have showed up in like, am I what the fucks? But Arnie, when he leaves the hospital, he's talking to Dennis. I was literally like, what the fuck? This should have, this should have, this should have been probably like, my what the uh, fucks? But he goes, yeah. he leaving the hospital. He says the craziest thing. He says, "Has it ever occurred to you yeah. that part of being a parent is trying to kill your kids?" Yeah. <laughs> and he just leaves. And he just leaves. Yeah. But Dennis yeah. doesn't say shit. No. It's the weirdest fucking line. But yeah, dude, that Nada. I even uh, have the t-shirt upstairs yeah. to, oh, yeah, yeah. to fucking kick ass. Two bubble gum and kick some ass. That's an awesome line, dude. I did love another line uh, from Assault on Precinct 13. And it's uh, it's Lee and Napoleon are about to get fucking ambushed and killed. And she's like, I got two shots left. Should yeah. I save for the two of us? And he goes, same for the first two assholes. The first come two through assholes come through that vent. Yeah, yeah, I had that, that one. That, that was, was a runner dope. up for a while too. Yeah. Dude, you know that one line that always gets me too is they live when he kicks. He tries to kick him in the nuts. Is <laughs> you so you, dirty? You say like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty, dirty motherfucker. motherfucker. Dirty motherfucker. <laughs> dude, I love that, dude. <laughs> All right, that takes us to best screenplay. <clears throat> oh man. Uh, this this one's tough, but I'm going with uh, Gary Goldman and David Weinstein for Big Trouble in Little China, just because I think it's uh, the, the quotes keep coming. The story is you know it, it's a western with yeah. this like weird fucking you know Chinese mystical weird just uh, crazy shit going on in this movie. Like it's it's a really inventive script, uh, and that's. I, I could have given it to almost any of these. Like, I, I really love the script for Christine, Escape from mm. New York, and They Live, uh, even Assault on Precinct 13. Halloween's script's a little lacking, but, like, man, like, there's it, just something about Big Trouble in Little China, and it's, like, just, it's a little left field in comparison to the rest of these that yeah. they kind of give it the, the edge. I, yeah, I agree with you. I also went big trouble. I think this, the the story of the screenplay is interesting. I mean, it, it started off as as a as a, just a straight western, and then <clears throat> you know they didn't they liked it at first. They picked it up, and it was just like there was a big problem. They didn't want it to conflict with like an Eddie Murphy movie that was coming out, like of course, Lord of yeah. Circle or whatever. As most movies get changed, it's, yeah. <laughs> they did, and so they yeah. they changed, and they didn't want like okay, we've got we've got this like cowboy movie. With like this Chinese mysticism and shit, and we and, like that's already gonna kind of be weird for people. We don't want it to automatically just sort of also have that like oh it was two hundred years ago. You know yeah. what I mean? We want it to be like 
let's do it. Let's just set it in modern times, so at least it's not. At least that's not alienating people right off the bat. Right. Um, so I think they were able to. They adapted the screenplay to, to the to what the final product was, but they, they kept a lot of those Western elements. You know what I mean? He's still a cowboy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, it's it's still San Francisco. It's still you know the Chinese immigrants and that kind of stuff. They even go all. They take the effort to sort of explain uh, through uh, Egg Shen and the tour bus. You know how the mm-hmm. Chinese people came there and what you know why there's a Chinatown and stuff, um, which I think probably just would have been more a part of the the original screenplay. Um, also, the dialogue. Is lightning quick, like a fucking just just like a western. You know what I mean? I think especially between Gracie and Jack, yeah, yeah. they they have a very like, you know, Howard Hawks, you know, kind of leading lady, leading man kind of just banter. You know, so yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, you know how Big Trouble in Little China is supposed to be a western. You mm-hmm. know, like or you know. I, I think this would be cool. So you know how uh, a song on Precinct 13 is kind of like a remake of Rio Bravo? Yeah, yeah. Right? I it, wish, it totally is. I wish yeah. somebody would go and watch Big Trouble Little China and actually make a fucking Western. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. I think that would be fucking sick. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be super cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great, guys. I like that pick. It, it was one of my runner-ups. But uh, mine is um, They Live. So mm-hmm. uh, the idea for the script came from an 80s comic book mm-hmm. that was adapted from a 1968 short story. But every political element in They Live is um, was written by Carpenter as a reaction to um, the Reagan administration. Mm-hmm. Everything from um, economic status to media control. Um, I think that's what really makes it relevant today. I think that's what people sure. love about it. Um, in 2013, John Carpenter told the LA Times, he goes, I just love that this was giving the finger to uh, Reagan when nobody else would. Nobody else would. Uh, he goes, yeah. you have to understand something. It's a documentary. It's not science fiction, you know. Mm. I think that he really uh, encapsulated a, a time, you know, with that through that screenplay um, and how he presented the aliens and you know Reaganomics at the time. I think that's what stands up. I think that's why people still love They Live today. Mm. That's why I went They Live. Fantastic. No, yeah. um, I did want to give um, a runner up to um, Escape from New York only for a line that was in the screenplay that I really love. It's one of those throwaway lines when we did Blade Blade Runner. Um, there was that one throwaway line, but it builds the universe and it builds character. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Batty said, you know, I've seen things people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire the shoulder of Orion, right? right? You have uh, Han Solo. He claimed the, millenni- the Millennium Falcon made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs, yeah. right? There's that one line in Escape from New York that I just fucking love and it gets my geek juices flowing. <laughs> and it's when the warden says to Snake, you f- uh, flew the Goldfire over Leningrad, didn't you? And I know it's that same thing where I'm just yeah. like, oh, I want to see this. I kind of want to see it because I'll probably fuck it up, right? Yeah. But I, I want to see that, you know? Right. I think I think it's pretty cool. I love those throwaway it's lines. It's world, like world building. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so that takes us to Best Cinematography. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going with my boy Dean Cundy. Uh, he's, he's got, you know, The Thing and oh, Who Framed yeah. Roger Rabbit in Pantheon. Um, and he, he works with John Carpenter a lot. And I'm giving it to Escape from New York mm-hmm. uh, in this particular case. He also did Halloween and Big Trouble in Little China in this marathon, too. Uh... But there's there's something about you know the best location being New York and that's the whole fucking movies in yeah, New sure. York and you're getting these these just just interesting fucking like views into a, a city that's just fucking torn. It's it, it's well shot. It's low budgeted. Like they they did so much with so fucking little with that movie and it, it's really impressive even even by today's standards. I mean there's still times you can look at it and be like. Uh, that's that's a little wonky for now, but like, it still isn't 
you know, it's not like egregiously bad. Like you brought it up earlier, really where good. the camera's going over the model set, mm-hmm. and then they they cover the model in in, in tape, right. you know, and then they shut off the lights or whatever to give it that awesome. that futuristic yeah. look. And then you just have to move the camera in like a jarring way to make it look like a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, right, like a, it's on a computer that's, that's like cool. slowly generating what's in front of it. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Where'd you go? I went Halloween for this. Really? Um, the only. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed it more and more because I hear you talk every time we, we do about cinematography of just like, you know, when you want to make someone appear, you know, appear like, you know, you, you put the camera up higher, you put the camera down. They do such a good job in this film of like always having these real low down shots and where mm-hmm. you see and where Michael Myers is just like looming. Yeah, he looks massive. He looks yeah. massive. He's an advertised yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <clears throat> they do such a great job of that. I like, I don't like love a lot of first person perspective stuff in films, but that opening shot, um, like I said, was filmed on the last day of production. And just, it would have been really easy to, like, not do that kind of shot. Yeah, yeah, you know right. what I mean? But but to, you know, hey, like, take this, go go through the, like, one of the things I think that John Carpenter does well is he does these, like, these long shots that really, that really, they help you sort of understand the location. Like, you, you, it happens in The Thing, right? Like, The Thing's a great example where, like, you just kind of know where you are in the facility, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like um, and it's this. I think this is the same thing. Like with this, like like because you have this this hand this hand camera perspective, you just kind of know the house. You know what I mean. You know where you are in the house, and that's great. Um, there's some great. There's some great just framing in Halloween, mm-hmm. um, where like Laurie be over here and the doors over here, and like you can tell there's like something gonna come through the door. Oh. You know what I mean. But like, but the way they do it is like if you if you watch it like. Michael Myers is standing in the door the entire fucking time. But all they do is, like, there's, like, a light off off to the side, and just they just kind of shine it up so it's just his mask. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, that's... Fuck, that's really good. I don't even like Halloween, but, like, that's really <laughs> fucking good. So I had to give it to Halloween. Yeah, cinematography is one of the most important elements of a horror film, you know? Um, he just creates this atmosphere... Atmosphere of fear, yeah. you know? Um, that opening tracking shot... It's going through the house, up the stairs yeah. for that first kill. That's iconic. I love that shot. Um, that's all a steady cam shot. I think at that point, there's only five other movies that you know use the steady cam. It wasn't even called steady cam at the time. It was called Panaglide. Mm. You know, and uh, some of the most um, I think important parts of Halloween isn't just the the music and, and his mask, but it's how they, they capture mm-hmm. Michael Myers. Like you were saying, there's, there's moments where the music isn't even going and he's outside. You just mm-hmm. see the outline of his face, but it's never too dark. Yeah. You know, you can see that there's something there and it's very unsettling. And it's the way that camera moves and the way that he captures that. Um, and like, I think you said at the beginning of this uh, marathon with Halloween, this is just a, a basic uh, kill the babies there kind of movie. This is a basic yeah. slasher film, right? But it's those flourishes that, that, that John Carpenter came in. He could have just winged this shit, yeah. you know? He did Fucking way did more. He did he way more, to. yeah. That that tracking shot, again, at the beginning of this movie, he could have just went in and just did whatever, right? Yeah. Okay, call it a day. We're fucking done. But he took the time, man, tracking shot all the way through the fucking and house. They did something. They don't do that in the rest of the movie either. That, no, that's no, no, like no. That, it's like last day. We're going to do something completely fucking different. Yeah, so know? I went... Uh, you, you have to have style. When you have something this cheap... And it, this screenplay is so thin, you mm-hmm. have to have style, and I think John Carpenter came through in spades. So, uh, let's go with Best Supporting Actor, or Slash Actress. Man, uh, I almost just want to give it to Harry Dean Stanton, because the dude was in like 200 <laughs> fucking movies, and like, he just died. He's fucking <laughs> phenomenal. 
Um, we'll say a prayer for him. Yeah. <laughs> Rip. Uh, but I'm going to go with James Hong, James Hong as Lopan and Big oh, Trouble yeah. in Little China. Uh, he just, because he, he's given, like, dual performances here. Yeah, yeah, as, like, yeah. the, the old fucking feeble broken down Lopan and then this the mega sorcerer. sorcerer. Yeah. 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 Um, and he, I, I I love fucking James Hong and just, just about anything. fucking anything that he's yeah. in. Like He's, he's just, a highlight in Blade Runner, even though he's, like, yeah, he's in for Blade a second. Runner. Yeah, you know? so fucking just—he's just got a presence on screen that just always delights me. Whether he's playing a good guy, a bad guy, it doesn't matter. Like I just love it's James fun Hong. to see. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I also went Big Trouble. I didn't go. Uh, I, only, I went with uh, Dennis Dunn, who plays who plays Wang Chi, because okay. I really think like it's really his movie, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like for a supporting actor, like he carries the movie. I mean, Jack Jack's really—I mean, really would he's be a glorified the, sidekick. He's a glorified yeah, sidekick, yeah. right? I mean. Their their relationship is great. Had had it not been for Arnie Cunningham and Christine having such a great relationship, they would have been my best duo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved their banter. I love you know racial racial differences notwithstanding. You know we're just a couple of guys. You know yeah. <laughs> uh, Wang's great, dude. He's just a fun character. He's, his comedic beats are on point. Uh, he's serious when he needs to be. He's he's giving he's giving plot points. You know what I mean? He's I don't, yeah Wang, dude. See, that's all fine and good, but when you got James Hong, dude, wearing makeup, no, no, yeah, the yeah. shoots, dude, and he's got dual performances, like you said, that's where I went, Big Trouble yeah. in China, James Wong, and you can you... I don't think you're wrong, I, yeah. Okay, let me, let, me, let me say this, all right? 50-year career, mm-hmm. 350 roles, okay, mm-hmm. between movies. We need video, an Asian, get us Hong! Video <laughs> games. <laughs> get us Hong! <laughs> video games, television. Yeah, yeah. James Hong, first thing you think of. In all seriousness, yeah, three hundred and fifty fucking roles, fifty year career. I mean, the first one I would think of would be Lopan. Lopan, because yeah. he's fucking creepy. He's funny. Talk about comedic lines, man. When he's talking to uh, Jack Burton, he's just he, just the way that he he presents himself as the yeah. old broken down. He's fucking hilarious, man. I think that he's just nailing it, man. I think he's great. I think it's his, it's his, it's his best character um, out of his three three hundred and fifty roles. I, James Hong is fucking awesome. You don't think. Mm. Okay. Did you have another one, James Hong? Did, did I? Was yeah. I love Kung Fu Panda. I always think. I always. I almost <laughs> just like when when we, I was watching it with Harvey, and I'm like, I'm like, hey man, it's Poe's dad, and yeah. he's like, it is Poe because I like that. I like pointing out actors who do voice acting. You know what I mean? So he sees what they look like, you know. And it's <clears throat> he was like, he can you can you hear it in his voice like it's Poe's dad? And he's like, wow, I really can. That's cool. <clears throat> no, so uh, runner up for me, it would have got it for the wrong reasons. But I love every fucking minute that Donald Pleasance is in Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> this dude don't give a shit who you are. You know, like the whole beginning of the movie, like that nurse is in the car with him. Yeah. He's pretty, he's pretty much like, he says everything but shut the fuck up to her. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, I just love his sarcasm. He's so fucking serious. He's business yeah, about yeah. getting Michael Myers, dude. I, I can watch, dude, I get, a, I crack up on Halloween because of Donald Pleasance. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so he would have got my runner up, but for the wrong reasons. The honestly, like, if we if we had still had the the best supporting actress, I don't even know her fucking name. I hated her so much, though. She would have got the golden chicken so hard from uh, this, this a, is... Assault on Precinct Thirteen. The yeah, the she mi- sucked. Holy shit, yeah. she's bad. Uh-huh. Like the whole time, it was so bad that like I like I just kept imagining the whole time like. Like just trying to think of why why is she like that? You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, she, she has this look on her face, this stunned fucking look on her face, and I think she's supposed to be that kind of Howard Hawks type leading lady that's like that gives it as good as she, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and she's just fucking bad. Like, I can't. The only thing I can think of is like I'm trying to imagine that her character like. 
kind of shit her pants a little bit. You know what I mean? Like she like she farted. Me too. She's like she she farted, and like she kind of shit. Like there's a nugget, oh, but she's man. like, but she's trying to play it straight. Like she doesn't want everybody else to know. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like and that's so she's got this like awkward like, okay, <laughs> like well, the whole fucking movie just awful. She sucked. Awful. All right. So best actor actress. Uh, you, you know, you would think Kurt Russell would take one of these, but he kind of split the vote for me, and I went with Keith Gordon in, in Christine. Um, yeah, yeah. Mostly because he, like, really surprised me. Like, I, I, I didn't really look into Keith Gordon, um, but I can't put his face to any other fucking movie. Mm. Like, and, uh, he does a really good job of, of selling, like, the nerdy version and the, the cool, like, I'm yeah, kind yeah. of a fucking yeah. badass. Like, he does that... A great job of playing both those ends. Hmm. Uh, he brings just something to it with because he's not that that face. Like he's someone that you can <laughs> distinguish, and and he's he's Arnie Cunningham for sure. Yeah, I agree with so, you. Yeah, I went with um, I went with Roddy Piper from They Live. Oh really? I, yeah, I, I did, which surprised me because I you know yeah he's up against. Kurt Russell. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, like, I always you know for the longest time growing up, like I would say. Probably mid '90s. I fucking hated Roddy Piper as that role. I always yeah. wanted Kurt Russell. Always. Oh yeah, and it was just probably. I think I said this during the Invasion uh, Marathon. I was. Uh, I think it was like the last seven or eight years. I'm like, I, I really appreciated Roddy after the fact. Yeah. You know, it's like when I watch Ghost from Mars. I want. I'm glad he's not. But I wanted Kurt Russell instead of fucking Ice Cube. I just want right. Kurt Russell to be that antihero in every movie. But yeah, now that I watch it, I fucking love Roddy Piper. I just was reading interviews where he, you know, it's just, you know, he was saying like. You know when I when I left wrestling on on top, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and like all all the people that I knew from wrestling, they fucking hated me, you know, because like I was a big draw for them, you know what I mean, and now like I'm not there for them to exploit, basically, and <clears throat> and what I didn't expect was I would go to Hollywood, and everybody fucking hated me there too. Yeah, that sucks. Was, because it was like you know here's another fucking meathead who wants to be an actor, but he's like I took it really seriously, you know, like I went to acting, you know, I, I studied acting, and like you'd think that there'd be a lot of synergy between being a wrestler. And being an actor, so there's not really, you know what I mean? Because like, <clears throat> just you have to, you have to reshape the way you think everything. Because if I'm doing these moves, if I'm acting like in Madison Square Garden, all my all my actions have to telegraph to somebody in fucking thirty rows yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But if I did that same thing on on screen, you'd walk out of the theater because it looked fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, <clears throat> there's actually like, it's just counterintuitive. You have to think about your character and what you're doing in a, in a much different way. And I appreciate that he's able to, that he's able to do that. <clears throat> um, the other thing I thought was interesting was the character of Nada is he got to put so much of himself in it because like nobody even knows who he is before he started wrestling. You know what I mean? He says no. like, he's like, I've been wrestling since I was like 16 years old. I've been out on the road. He, he didn't even know who fucking John Carpenter was. John, yeah, Car- yeah. John Carpenter came to like WrestleMania or whatever. It was like, hey, can I, can I, can I, this agent was like, can I talk to him or yeah, whatever? And he had no fucking idea who John Carpenter was. Yeah. But he's like, how would I know? I've been fucking wrestling, yeah. doing nothing but moving around. And <clears throat> so, you know, he's like, I got to put a lot of my character, a lot of who I really am, into Nada. That's cool. You know, and I and I don't even I don't I don't know I I don't know his backstory. But when he's talking about his dad, it when in the film, you know, uh-huh. about how he like he grabbed him and was trying to like saw his neck and whatever, like. I just feel, I feel like there's a lot of him coming out in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah, I would say best actor. I, I would give it to Roddy Piper. He surprised the shit out of me. Um, I'm a big fucking Kurt Russell <laughs> fan. Oh, man. yeah, yeah. I, love... I think you're I think you're on the record as saying, like, when you don't know what else to do, just give it to Kurt Russell. <laughs> Dude, probably. <laughs> it sounds like me. <laughs> I don't know if I said that, but it sounds no, like No, you literally me. said that. I was pissed about it. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Kurt Russell is so fucking awesome, man. 
Um, Kyle's over here by the computer's like, just give me your answers. I can <laughs> type it in. Um, I'm going uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Um, but you know nice. what? Like, I love how different. Uh, I, I have a new respect for Kurt Russell, man, because even though it's it's a very thin role for Snake Plissken, he is completely different as Snake yeah, yeah. than he is um, Jack Burton. But what I love about Jack Burton, though, is he he's so loose and charismatic. Kurt Russell as Jack Burton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, probably the same reasons you give it to Roddy Piper is why I'm giving it to Kurt Russell. I almost bet you. I've been listening to commentaries all week long. It, by the way, if anybody um, have, has not listened to a John Carpenter, Kurt Russell commentary, go fucking home and listen to it. Yeah. I don't care if it's Big Trouble or Escape. They have a blast. And Kurt Russell is, he's very, um, I don't know, he's so energetic. And he would get you laughing. He's yeah. laughing throughout the whole commentary. <laughs> yeah. And I almost bet you that uh, Jack Burton is closer to Kurt Russell. I don't think he's probably okay. not acting. He's probably just hanging out with the guys right. and having a fucking blast. Right. Um, but he's so loose and charismatic that that's what I love about him. Um, I have a blast with Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. Just so much fun. That's why I went with that. That takes us to best scene. Uh, best scene, I'm going, they live the fight scene. Oh, um, yeah. This, it's so great. For so many fucking reasons. Like, it started out in the script. It was supposed to be just a little bit of a tussle. <laughs> like, a couple punches thrown and then glasses. But then, like, fucking Roddy Piper and Keith David were, like, at John Carpenter's house going over the movie. And they just choreographed a 12-minute fight. <laughs> like, they were just like, no, fu- we're just going to keep fucking fighting. Yeah. And, like, John Carpenter's like, no, no, that's fucking great. Like, we're going to roll with this. <laughs> well, John Carpenter's a huge thing. wrestling fan. Yeah. Just, you know, like, He's I, like, this is so great. And it, it's, what, what do you got? I want to see that footage. He had, for I think it was a month and a half, they were wrestling in John Carpenter's back fucking yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to see that footage so really bad. Really choreographs the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a scene that, like, South Park did, like, shot for shot <laughs> remaking the Cripple Fight episode. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's that fucking good. And it's like, it's like some realistic looking fucking hits and shit in there. And, like... It's great because, like, Nada gets his ass kicked for a majority oh, of that fight. Oh, yeah. So, someone got hurt. Which is they pretty, had to. Which is pretty ballsy for, you know, one of the top wrestlers at the time to be like, yeah, just fucking whoop my ass over and over again in this movie. And there's some good moves there, man. They're fucking hitting the face. Oh, yeah. They're busting windows. I, 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 dude, I love it. I, in the nuts. I actually really love it when he hits the fucking window and he's like, dude, I'm sorry. Oh, like, <laughs> he's like, they're kicking the shit out of each other. He's like, dude. oh, dude, I'm fucking sorry. I fucked up your dude, car. Dude, they do everything. There's even some fake outs where it's like, oh, let me help you up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, they do everything in this fight. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> that is, yeah, it is such a good fight. It's like, is it? St- I don't know if it is. It still the longest fight in cinematic be. history. It's, it's five five minutes and twenty seconds or some crazy yeah. shit. Oh man, it's it's long shots. It's not like it's, a bunch of like fucking. Cunt. It never, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long. It takes. never gets boring either. Man. No, it doesn't. I've no, seen never. it a million times. No, I love it. Um, but mine's also from They Live. But it's it's just the first time Nada puts on the glasses. That newsstand scene. Mm, that's you know, so he, cool. he puts on the and, he, and he's like he's putting them on and taking them off, and he's looking he's looking at the signs yeah. and like, you know, the the guy comes up. He's got the money and it says like this is your god yeah, and stuff like so cool. That is so badass. That that makes the whole rest of the movie. I love the reactions too from the aliens when they're like. Can he? Yeah, 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 Can he see me? Like that guy at the newsstand, he keeps mm. staring at him. Like he just keeps looking back at him, he, like something's fucked up. Can he see up. me? Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah, it was, it was yeah. really cool. Um, it's funny, dude. I'm watching this. I'm watching John Carpenter, right? <laughs> the master of horror. And I, I want to give a shout out real quick. A runner up is Christine. When he steps back and he goes, show me. Show me. And oh, that yeah. car comes to life. It is so fucking cool. It's why I hate most movies that come out today because right. that's some real shit going on. Right, right. Reverse, you know, fucking mm. camera work is so cool, man. 
But man, I'm so you got all these cool carpenter scenes with music and just some badass stuff, right? I'm going with the greatest fight scene in movie history. Yeah. <laughs> it's Roddy Piper, Keith David, They Live, man. It's it's so good. I mean, we've talked about it in depth, so I won't say too much more. But um, there, someone asked uh, John Carpenter if he was like, did you ever think about making it shorter? Did you ever think about just cutting it down a little bit? He goes, fuck, fuck no. no. <laughs> yeah, fuck no. <laughs> it's so fun. I love it, man. It's great. So uh, that takes us to defining moment. All right. Defining moment is something that, like, when we look back at this marathon, like, what is that thing that pops into your head? Is it a, a poster? Is it a scene? Is it a is it a character? What is it? Um, you know, is it Kurt Russell's eye patch in Escape yeah. from New York, or is it you know uh, the glow of the radio when Christine starts to talk? No, nah, it's the re- reverse William Shatner mask in in Halloween to me. Like that. It's, is that what that is? That's fucking yeah. yeah that's that's really, what, you didn't know it was a William Shatner mask. I mean, I'm sure that it's I probably very read this conversation like, can serve no purpose. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like once, once you like know it, you can see it's William yeah. Shatner the oh, entire wow. time. Like, very obvious. Yeah, it was just like, hey, go get us a mask, and it's like, well, we've got you know this kind of generic scary mask, or we got this William Shatner mask. He's like, fucking paint it white and put it on. Huh. And it, okay. and, and it's it's brilliant because, like I said <laughs> earlier, like it's it's such a blank look that it allows you as the audience member to kind of project what you want onto yeah. it, project mm. what you want underneath it, however you want to perceive Michael Myers is how you perceive Michael Myers. Um, and it's it's one of those super cheap tactics that he used. You know, here's a fucking, like, dollar mask that we found at a fucking mm. Halloween store, and we're turning it into something that's just yeah. completely fucking iconic. Dude, go grab... 20 fucking masks, right? And paint them white. I don't think you'll have that same effect. No. There's something about th- his fucking face, man. His, his structure, his hair. It's just mm. something, it's it's so, it's perfect. It's one of those things that I don't think you can replicate. It's just, in the time, they just made a great decision. The best decision possible. Mm. And just one of those mm. things that just the fucking like, stars yeah, aligned. What clothes we put him in? I just put him in a fucking mechanics, like, yeah. jumpsuit. Yeah. Like, the stars go. Aligned, put a knife man. in his hand. Boom. Go. Yeah. Boom. Go. Yeah. Um, this, I would be honest, like, this was the one that I, this was the last category that I didn't have and I sat and thought about it forever and I had no like defining there was no defining moment that I could think of so I started just thinking about like well what what defines a John Carpenter film Mm -hmm. you know we talked about it a little bit earlier like I love that he he establishes geography with these long shots right you see that in like Halloween and the thing on Assault on Precinct 13 one of the things I do like about Assault on Precinct 13 is that like I know where I'm at in that station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I just always know where everything is. That's He does a great job of just establishing um, the geography of the location. Another thing is um, uh, j- the framing, right, to generate suspense. Yeah. We talked about that with, like, uh, Michael Myers in the door yeah. and how... Let uh, me ask you if there's a scene that, that it stood out to me. See if it stood out to either one of you guys. It was, it was a blink-and-you-miss-it kind of moment, but it's in They Live when... Um, the uh, it's the alley scene and they're mm-hmm. moving back and there's uh, the the aliens and the cops are above them mm-hmm. they're shooting and it's there's something really cool there with the red and how Roddy Piper and Keith David are moving backwards they do the same shot in Assault and Precinct 13 when they're going down the hallway yeah. together just a really cool shot that I love it's just I like how he frames that shot mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know yeah, if you yeah. guys noticed that shot and they live I just something that stood out to me I'm like man this is really cool like, I don't know why mm. it's just the way that he's tracking it and, and moving backwards oh that's really cool man yeah. Uh, the electronic music was one of them. Um, just that cynicism and blue collar heroes, uh, reappropriating like sort of Western staples yeah, yeah, yeah. is a big part of it. Um, 
economical storytelling. So like squeezing every penny out of a, out of a budget. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I think if if you really just like what film has all those things, I think it's Halloween. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I think I think just I'm just gonna go for Halloween. I think that that's. You know, it's not my favorite. It's it's one of my least favorite John Carpenter films because I don't really like it. But if I'm being honest, like if you don't like John Carpenter, you won't like the, mm-hmm. you won't like Halloween because he he did everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he directed it, produced it, wrote it, uh, or co co wrote it. He was a composer. He was an actor. He was just dude's fingerprints are all over that film, and I think that's that's the defining moment. I think for me was just how involved he was in everything. Yeah, um, a defining moment for me for this marathon is um, I really wanted to talk about music, you mm. know. And uh, my defining moment, man, it's not one of my favorite films either. I got a lot of issues with Halloween, but but that fucking score, man, mm. is so perfect. That's where I went. My defining moment is the first time you hear that Halloween music, yeah. man. It is so good. I think I honestly think it is the scariest score of all time. I think it is it is perfect. It's not Halloween. Until I hear that score, right. it's not Christmas until I see Hans Gruber fall from the fucking Nakatomi, right. and it is not Halloween until you hear fucking Halloween music. It is perfect. That uh, takes us to best director. Best director, gosh, uh, John Carpenter. I think he's going to take this one for me. Um, I had to pick a movie, and I, I'm still not even positive. This is what I want to yeah. go with, like. Uh, you know what? Come come back to me. Actually, come back to me. I'm going to see if you guys can influence me either way on this. I like how moldable you are right now. Yeah, I've, I, no, and I like, usually, I'm usually pretty dead set on what I have when I come in here, and this one is, like, really ripping at me in a couple different ways. I, I know. This is... Okay. I'm actually... I, I have one answer written down, but I'm, I'm going to give it a tie because I went back and forth on this so many times. The answer I have written down is Halloween for mm-hmm. all the reasons that I just mentioned. Um, it's like a it's a really John Carpenter film, um, and we talked about all we we talked to death about yeah, all yeah. the stuff that he's done. But but I can't get away from just Christine, and about and actually what I this is one of the films that like he had he had the least involvement in. He directed it and he did the, he did the he composed some music for it. But I, I think, think it's a perfect marriage, though, don't you? Between studio and Carpenter, yeah. I think it's a really good marriage. I, I think, two. to be to be honest with you, I think if you if you watch Christine, to it's not immediately obvious that it's a John Carpenter. No, film. no. I think no. you can watch the, all these other films and yeah. you can say like that's a John Carpenter film just by looking at yeah, it. Yeah. But I, John, I don't think so about Christine. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't immediately think that. And I think yeah. that's there's flourishes. Yeah, there's, if you know. Yeah. But it, it, that's, I mean, that's good, too, just being able to hide those, yeah. uh, you know what I mean, those parts of yourself. I, I've, I've gone back and forth in it a million times. I'm just going to have to give it a tie. You know, that, that's very that's really interesting that you say that because um, it's not where I went, but I, I like that pick because look at the kind of movie it is. It's a fucking possessed car, right? Mm. How many movies are there like that? How many Stephen King adaptations have there right. been from Pet Cemetery fucking Graveyard Shift and no one gives Maximum a shit? Maximum Overdrive is about Ma- cars. Like- Maximum <laughs> Overdrive. No one gives a shit about those movies to the extent that I, I think you look at Christine and with such a simple premise, he puts some really interesting uh, stylistic uh, flourishes on there that, that really sets it apart from everything else that came out around that time right. that was a Stephen King adaptation or something like that. Um, yeah, I think he did some really interesting things um, with, with the car and with the actors. That's, that's a good pick. Um, but then you weren't wrong either with Halloween. I think that's a mm. fucking great pick, too, for taking a small, just um, 
a slasher film where you're killing babysitters, right? I think yeah. it was originally called, what, the Babysitter Murders or some shit yeah, like that. Probably. Something thin, right? And just well, doing they, some really interesting things from music to mask to yeah. just all the choices that he made that made it an iconic movie that it is today. He really just went above and beyond he did, what he, really he needed did. to do. Yeah. I like all those picks. Those are all great. Um, but I have to go with um, Escape from New York. Okay? okay. Escape from New York, man. He went, to, after Halloween, he could do anything he wanted. Okay, sure. he went big. Six million dollar budget. It was the biggest budget he had at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked with matte paintings, models, um, filming off location, uh, getting permission to film on Liberty Island, uh, mostly night shoots. Mm-hmm. All right, he said that uh, he didn't sl- he didn't see daylight for a fucking month. <laughs> all right, um, his attention to detail, the the wireframe animations, you know, making that call to make that look like a computer mm-hmm. effect, which I thought for years it was a computer effect. And I was I just watched it and I thought it was a computer effect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Doing all of that, and it was the movie, his decision, that gave us Kurt Russell. As a director, he just came, Kurt Russell just came off of the the, the computer who wore tennis shoes, the fucking Disney movie, right? Um, they wanted Tommy Lee Jones, okay, and they wanted Chuck Norris for Escape from New York. He's like, no, I want to work with, with Kurt Russell. After that decision, that gave us... You know, right. the thing. It gave us Big Trouble in Little China. Um, Escape from New York. I mean, it, it, it carried on that uh, John Carpenter and uh, Kurt Russell duo. So mm. everything that he did, um, working with a big budget like that, uh, creating such a, um, a, a fictional location that is still cool, um, sure. a, science, a science fiction staple, and giving us um, a character like Snake and giving us Kurt Russell, I had to go with Escape from New York. All right. Um, sitting here, I kind of... I kinda, I, convinced myself uh that i'm going with christine um man there are a couple that i could have went with but i'm going with christine because it's an adaptation is difficult to do yeah um and and to do it and to kind of make it kind of stand out and be its own thing to take someone else's work and still work within their world and and produce something that you know comes out as serviceable is difficult enough as it is but to actually even all these years later make me still fucking really like this movie um getting performances out of people that i don't see in movies you know sure anywhere else you know and, and getting really good performances out of it that shot with the fucking car rebuilding itself the, so the one where it, it squeezes it like destroys itself yeah. into the alleyway to go fucking kill that yeah. guy like uh it's it, 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 just jump yeah. over the car yeah, yeah. setting itself on <laughs> fire and fucking going down the street there's there's so much life in, you know, a 10-foot-long car. Yeah, 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 So many shots and so many yeah. different ways to present a, a, a living being that doesn't actually live. Yeah, and a lot of people right. don't know either. He worked with, I think, 28 um, of those vehicles. Everything from wow. the uh, yeah the the souped up version to the junked up version, you know, mm-hmm. just there was tw- I think there was 28 versions of that car. Wow. Actually, you know the uh, the the junkyard um, that was in Christine, the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of that. Is where they kept all the twenty-eight different right. versions of that car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some really neat stuff that he did with that. I, Dude, I, yeah, I, I think those are good picks. Fuck, I want I want a fucking fifty-eight. Oh Fury man, so bad. I don't <laughs> care if he gets fifteen miles the gallon on the fucking highway. I just, like, I just, I just want to drive. Nothing better than that. Set no. maybe pussy. Set maybe pussy. <laughs> I just want to, dude. I just want to drive down the road in that fucking car, just touching its pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that little girl to purr. All right, that takes us to. I think I knew where we're all gonna go on, but I'm curious. Yeah. Worst picture. I uh, went with Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, so did I. Um, 
Yeah, it's and it, it's it's not a bad movie at all. No, um, it's not a bad movie. It's not. It's it's you know it's Rio Bravo meets Night of the Living Dead meets The Warriors. You know what's interesting? My right. son watched Assault on Precinct Thirteen. It was the only Carpenter movie. It's funny. Um, my son's top five movies. Um, two of them are Carpenter films: Big Trouble, Little China, and Halloween. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Which he didn't get that from me. It's really cool that he mm-hmm. just he searched those movies out and those become his favorites. But mm-hmm. um, he was sitting there and he's watching Assault on Precinct Thirteen with me, and he said, "This reminds me of Night of the Living Dead." He knew shit about mm-hmm. it. And I was like, yeah, it does. I mean, you can you can definitely tell um, what he was inspired by. Sure. And we should all love this, man. I mean, you're a big Western fan. You know, Rio Bravo was a movie that you said you'd probably give Pantheon I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love Rio Bravo. And it's funny that, you know... It, you have Carpenter who had this this kind of like um, this this love relationship with uh, Howard Hawks, where you know Howard Hawks you know directed the original Thing, mm-hmm. and then he made the Thing, you know, and then right. you look at Howard Hawks too. He did three Siege movies. I mean, Rio Bravo, El Dorado, uh, Rio Lobo. It's his unofficial Siege you know trilogy. If you look at it, John Carpenter, kind of did the same thing. Not as good, mind you, but he did Assault on Precinct Thirteen, Prince of Darkness, mm-hmm. and um, Ghost of Mars. All okay. fucking siege movies with mm-hmm. different styles, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it's pretty interesting that you know we would, Kyle. Uh, that's mine too. I'm sorry yeah, for you know. Anyway. It's mine too, but it's, it's yeah. interesting that we would give a song on Precinct 13 when there's so much that would inspire him, and you can see the Night of the Living Dead. I'm a huge you know Romero yeah, fan, but yeah, it is. It's, it's my least favorite movie. It's not, like, I mean, you look at it, you look at a budget of like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like yeah, it's one location, and it's yeah, yeah. you know it's it's. It's in a concept that's been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you've got just mediocre performances. It's one of the highest rated. Really stands out. Oh, it's ninety seven for Rotten Tomatoes. Though, yeah. Yeah. Was it was that's it the crazy. highest? Did it beat Halloween? Yeah. yeah. Did it really beat Halloween? Wow. You know what I blame it on though? Because I like the location. You know, um, I love the location. I think it's uh, the lead actor, which is Darwin Justin. Uh-huh. I, okay. I did not like him, especially when you're looking at the anti-hero or the, the gray characters in the rest of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he just does not hold up to a Kurt Russell or... No, but I liked their relationship. I mean, I liked the relationship yeah, well, like between the, the main character and yeah, the... Yeah, Austin the, Stoker. Wells. Well, yeah, yeah. well, okay. Um, Wells is the other guy in the cell with him, but Austin Stoker oh, yeah, yeah. as Ethan Bishop, the lieutenant. That's it. I liked him. I wish it was just his fucking movie. And it's interesting, too. Night Living Dead, you had a, um, a lead um, African-American in there and then yeah, yeah, as well. I think that was really and interesting. I think John Carpenter does that. It seems to do that a lot where you have, like, I mean, they did it in um, Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do it in They Live. You've got, like... Very have, progressive as a director. Yeah, you, know, you think about it. That's really cool, yeah. yeah. But, well, uh, even, even in Big Trouble. Yeah. I mean, it, you were the, yeah. I just could not stand Darwin. Like, I always wanted to replace him with, like, a Roddy Piper or Kurt Russell. Mm. Someone who was more of an alpha male. I just... Mm. Did you know... Well, yeah, you guys... It, no, okay. it wasn't oh, part I, of our I, marathon, but I watched The Fog, and he was in The Fog as a supporting... Oh, and I was like, yeah, that's where he should be. He's a fucking mm. supporting player, you know? Uh, I think that was the the big... Pro- uh, one of the big problems for me with Assault on Precinct. I just didn't care for the lead. But no. was that yours as well, then? Yeah. Okay. All right, that takes us to our wild card, which is... You want to explain wild card, Kyle? So wild card, uh, since we, you know, dropped two category, condensed categories with the acting, just to kind of clear up some shit, you know, marathon stuff that happens sometimes with, with actors and actresses. Uh, we threw in a wild card, which is basically we can take anything we want and throw a point to a movie we feel deserves a point. Like, we just really want to see a certain movie come out on top, so we give that a point. Or mm. we think we haven't shown enough love to another movie, and we're like, you know what? I, I need to throw it a bone because I really do like it. I just haven't given it a top spot anywhere. Anything from right. a boost to create your own category. Absolutely. Right. For mine, I'm going a little different than oh. I typically would. I'm going to go ahead and give a rubber chicken oh. through my wild card. Oh. 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 Oh.
I, I, it's it's hard to compare all these movies. So I, when I'm doing a wild card, I at least want to have something that's tangibly close, you know, to, to measure up with one another. And the only thing I could really think was, like, each of these movies had at least one moment that wasn't just what the fuck, but I was just like, oh, fucking head desk. Like, just bad, like, dumb, <laughs> stupid shit. Um, and so I'm giving a negative point to Halloween. Oof. And it's when he takes Bob and picks him up, choking him, and stabs him with maybe like a six-inch long knife, and then just moves away, and Bob is stuck to the fucking wall. That knife is not long enough to go Uh. all the way through Bob, (laughs) let alone go into the wall far enough to hold his body up. (laughs) And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. It's so, like, just... Ugh. Why? Right. Like, just fucking stab him and have him fall to the floor. You yeah. don't have to See, that's have him hoisted in the fucking air like he's a fucking... Yeah. Like, like the knife's a fucking thumbtack and he's a yeah. fucking shitty map of places he'll never visit. <laughs> man, it's like, dude, that's the shit I'm talking about with Halloween, man. There's shit like that all the way through Halloween. And yeah. I, I really... I really don't get, uh, I, I, I get it and I don't get it why yeah. there's so much love. Like, you know, we've talked about a lot of the, the shit that makes it so appealing. But then there's so much dumb shit right. too, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, well, what's yours, man? You can give rubber chicken? No, I, <laughs> there, so there's no other place to talk about these guys. Uh-huh. So I want I wanted to talk, I want to just use my wild card to give an award to the Three Storms from fucking Big Trouble in Little China. Like, Ooh. they're fucking cool, man. Like, sure. they're like fucking, like fucking, <laughs> Like fucking Raiden, dude. Like that. It is. I like a good henchman, uh-huh. first of all, and like I love how they show up and they're like. It's gotta be like a solid minute of just uh-huh. them going like, "Chicha, chicha." <laughs> it's fucking sick, and they all have like mystical powers. Like fucking like Rain. Like just fucking blows himself up when he's like, he's like, "Fuck!" That's a what the fuck moment. Oh, so. it's so good though. <laughs> I do like it. It's funny, but. Yeah. yeah, I just I know I don't know like. What did he blow up like that for? Is it because his master died? He just pissed. Yeah, I think no, I think he, it was it was it was. Uh, it, it was I think it was the predator like we've lost. I'm gonna fucking blow I'm gonna blow everything <laughs> up thing. I think that was his his like yeah. self destruct. You know what I mean? Like take these motherfuckers out with me. It's like Lost Lobos in from Dust Dies. Like fuck it, we're out of here, and they just vanish. I'm like, what the fuck happened to this guy? <laughs> fuck you and good night. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're so cool. Okay. They're, they're so fucking cool. This is funny to me because you used your wild card for Big Trouble in Little China, right? Yeah. So we came in tonight knowing that you were the Big Trouble in Little China fan, which I like. I like I like it. Um, and I'm the they Live fan. Yeah. Okay? And I was completely fair with my awards tonight. They Live only got one point more than Big Trouble in Little China because mm. I was fucking fair. But when it came down to it, I didn't know how close it was going to be tonight. So I'm giving a boost point to They Live. Okay? Ooh. That's what put it over Big Trouble in Little China by one for me. Okay? And... I'm giving it, if I have to give a boost point, if I, if I have to put give that... Give it to something specific. I am. I'm going to put it on something, and that's my fucking, that design of the fucking aliens. And mm. they live, um, I have it on my uh, my shelf in the studio. Um, it'd be so easy to to give us some stupid looking alien creature. Yeah. Um, it, you look at a lot of alien invasion movies, I fucking hate the design because people just go fucking crazy with yeah, it, yeah. you know? And I think it's so cool, this this humanoid metallic skull, you know? I, I love their look. I think it's so creative. It's a 50s look that I think is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I think it's a, I think it's an amazing design. So if I have to give it to something, I'm giving it to the They Live design. And I hope I'm not misquoting it. The way I understand mm-hmm. it, if you look back at the book and the comic, I think... I hope I'm right on this. I, the uh, the aliens have like some kind of snake creature head, 
So I don't know if this was Carpenter coming in and hmm. just doing something completely different. Maybe the mask was cheap. I don't know. But uh, I think it's a perfect design. And if you would have given me fucking snake creatures and oh, yeah. something like fucking Hell Comes to Frogtown or something stupid, yeah. you know, it would have <laughs> totally, totally changed the movie. I mean, yeah. this has become iconic to everyone from Shepard Ferry to fucking the Obama administration and, and, and Shepard Ferry and what he, he, you know, mm -hmm. he took a, right. a, a privilege with the, the fucking design. I think it's so cool. I, I love it. So I'm going, if I have to use my boast point, put it on something alien design from They Live. Fantastic. All right. That takes us to best picture. All right. Man, I, I I narrowed this down to two movies. Um, you know, Best Picture, you know, might not be the absolute best movie, but it's the one, in my opinion, where it's like, hey, you got to watch one of these again, like, right now. Which one am I picking to put in? And I brought it down to Christine and They Live. Uh, I think I'm... I'm ultimately going to go with They Live, just because I think there's a little bit more to it. Uh, it's, it's a little more digestible. Um, Christine's, like, a lot of fun, but so is They Live. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of, like, even though, you know, I, I, I don't think Roddy Piper's, like, this great actor or anything. <laughs> He's not putting on, like, this incredible so performance. But there's but something that's, like... charming it's, about him. Is, you don't want to look yeah. away from it's him That either. fucking line, like, too, man. Yeah. I, that line is so... I cannot... I've tried to do that bubblegum line. Yeah, it yeah, just, yeah. It's impossible. No, well, can no one it. else can do it. No, that's it. Um... And there's something that's like so much, you know, as as digestible as I said it is. There's also something like, you know, I, every time I've had to watch this, I feel like I I'm unearthing a little bit more of it, and I it, like I feel like if I just kept watching it, I would like just start getting it more and more, and then it would just I would fucking start seeing these fucking aliens out in the world too, um, and, and there's something that's just like unique about the movie as well. Um, not a whole lot of just secret i mean there are secret alien invasion movies we did a whole fucking marathon on them um but nothing to you know the the, the i guess the comical effect the uh almost commentaried way that this is delivered no uh, yeah so they they love they live ekes out christine for me so <clears throat> this is really hard okay so like uh, I, I've said this before we did the marathon, but, like, Big Trouble in Little China is, like, the shadow that hangs over this marathon for me uh -huh. because it's, like, yeah, it's, like, personal pantheon to me and, like... It's your number two, yeah, I think. I looked at your ABS. Yeah, I think it's, like, it's number, like number two. two. Um, but then it's, like, so every time I every time I do an, an award, it's, like, is it is it the right answer or is it just what I want it to be? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, gun to my head... Christine, really? Wow. I don't think all like I don't think it's like I think I think Big Show in Little China is it's it's still better to me. But if I have to like suggest a film that people are gonna the people that that just anybody's gonna like, I think there's probably a lot in Big Trouble that I like it because I like it. You uh -huh. know what I mean? But like this this that has general appeal to people. I think Christine's probably the strongest. Well, okay. pretty cool. Didn't see that one coming. I did not either. Um, I'm going They Live, obviously, man. It's a, it's a movie that uh, I can have a blast with They Live. It's it's it's, it's so on the nose, too, though. Like, uh, I love the commentary um, on epic, uh, economics or fucking media, how the aliens are hurting us like cattle. Um, but then it's a fun fucking movie, man. You got Roddy Piper as the fuck you hero mold. <laughs> you know, he just does a great job. The ghoulish design of the, the aliens... 
Um, the epic fight sequence, <laughs> you know, it's a Piper. I love Keith David. Keith David is one of those guys that I don't know why I like him, but I love fucking seeing Keith David yeah. every time he's on screen. Um, so yeah, They Live is my favorite movie out of this marathon. Uh, but it was hard, man. I really do like Big Trouble in Little China, and uh, I'd have to say Christine was probably my my third. I really do like <laughs> Christine. I thought it was a really good movie. Surprised me. It, it really I, did. Yeah, yeah. It, it surprised me too. So as far as as far as we're talking about being fair. You know what I mean? Like, I gave five points to Christine, five points to Big Trouble, five points to They Live. Yeah, that's pretty You know what I mean? Like, fuck, oh, I'm going to fucking kill myself. If that's the, <laughs> if, I mean, I don't think it's going to make it. But yeah, mine wasn't that fair, but I went, uh, well, no, 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 it, it, there was three. Well, actually, two. I, I, I particularly mine, mine went back to They Live in Big Trouble in Little China. It was six, five. Mm-hmm. Uh, they live six, Big Trouble five, and then Halloween three, Escape two. So I gave some throughout, but um, it was a it was a battle between They Live and Big Trouble for me. And I love Escape, I really do, but I yeah. don't think it compares to Big Trouble or They Live. So all right, that takes us to the end of our marathon. So we will count the Golden Idols, and we will be right back after this message from Kyle. Uh, uh, Just say penis. Oh, thing. We are back, and after counting the Golden Idols, are you going to give us the Golden Idol winner now, or are you going to do the poll? I, you know, I, I put up a poll on Facebook. Okay, let's do that um, first. So, uh, I put these six movies up, just kind of asking the group, you know, who do you think is, you know, going to win tonight? Who do you think is going to walk away with the most Golden Idols? Um, the, the winner, by the thinnest of margins, with ten, was Halloween. Nostalgia. Uh, nine. Uh, went to Big Trouble in Little China. And eight went to They Live. Man, that's so, a... I mean, pretty close one up at the top. Yeah. And then two for Christine, two for Escape from New York, and nothing for Assault on Precinct 13. You know what? And this is, we've had this discussion already, but this is one of the reasons why I think that whole Facebook poll for Pantheon thing <laughs> is probably not a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many people do you think have seen Assault on Precinct 13? No, you no. You know what I mean? How no. many people have, I mean, Christine, even. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys are asleep, on, as far as I'm concerned, on a lot of those fucking, you know what I mean? Like, they yeah, sleep. Yeah. We ha- live. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Halloween gets the most votes. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we counted the Golden Idols, and we are waiting in anticipation for Kyle to let us know who won. All right. Well, let's just start at the bottom. Oh, as shit. As we all know, uh, Salt on Precinct 13 came in last with negative two points. <laughs> it's out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fifth place was Escape from New York with four. Out of here. Then we had a tie for third, fourth. Uh, with eight apiece, Christine and Halloween. Really? Oh, my God. Yes. Christine and Halloween. And so it came down to Big Trouble in Little China, and they live. Yep. Um, in second place with 13 was Big Trouble in Little China. Fuck me! Oh, man. They live takes it with 15. Oh, so it wouldn't have mattered. 15, it, 13? It almost would have, because like, I, I had Christine and they live, and I, I really was thinking about giving it to Christine, but then I was like, man, these votes are really close, and I was like, if I had to choose between Big Trouble and they live... I think I would I would go They Live, so I kind of, I, I may have pushed it to They Live, thinking that you were going to pick Big Trouble in Little China, mm. and then leaving that, you know, down to Brad to, to pick one of those two, knowing that he would probably go with They Live. Anyways. If you could have changed your your uh, wild card, where would it have went? If I had to give a positive? Yeah, if you had to give a positive, because that wild card, just curious. Um... I don't know. It probably would have just went to that, that the Christine scene where well. the car comes back together. Like, that's just so fucking cool to me. All right, so the name of the game is all three of us have to agree at the table, and if we agree, it gets kicked up to Pantheon. So we'll start with Kyle. They Live is the only Carpenter film only we're talking about. Carpenter 
film that matters. Well, except for the thing which matters more. Um, you know, the the last marathon when this was up, had it won, I would have given it a no. And I'm still giving it a no. Because <laughs> I, I, really, I do really love this movie. I do really love They Live. But there's... There is too much of a low quality to it. it there's too much campy fun, and and so is I, that know, saying a campy movie cannot be Pantheon? It, no, not entirely. I was um, gonna say because that's bullshit. No, I, yeah, I'm not saying that at all because I, I certainly yeah. love art's campy not defined films. by a genre. Absolutely, you know, that's my new line. I love that. But I, mean, I, think, I think the John Carpenter in general is is a campy. Sure, campy, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure, but I think I don't think you know when you look at the thing, the thing's not campy to me. Sure. As far as his films go, and I don't, I don't even see Halloween as that campy. I didn't, you know, but but everything else here, yeah, is pretty fairly campy. And so I saw, you know, fairly serious, I guess. Um, but I think if if they live didn't have that campiness to it, it could have pushed itself up higher. Yeah, um, so and, I think and, that's what makes not, it. Though. And not 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 all films are that way. Some sometimes the campiness makes the film better. And in this one, I think it, it bogs it down just really? enough to keep it I think if we, if we didn't have the campiness, I don't think we would have the fight scene. You know, and things yeah, like yeah. that. We wouldn't have the bubblegum scene. Sure, you know? and, and as much as I love the fight scene, like, it's like a ten minute long fight scene. It's about but, the, but that's about what we love about it. That's why you yeah. gave it best scene. And that's why sure. I gave it best scene. Sure. But, you know, looking back, you know, my top ten favorite movies, I don't think they're all Pantheon. Uh-huh. Like, it's the same thing. Like, I love that scene, but, like... In that scene itself, you know, taken out of the context of the movie might be Pantheon, but like in it is just too long, too campy. Really? See, so, and no, I'm, and I'm co- completely cool with your decision, yeah. but the only thing I am worried about is um, saying that a campy film, you know, like it's campy qualities, you're kind of shutting it down for its campy qualities. And for me, you say you have like movies like Godfather, mm-hmm. right? I think we can all, let's use Rocky. I We're talking about Rocky. Rocky. Let's use Rocky. Let's use fucking, <laughs> do you really? I hate it. Okay, let's use Rocky. We all uh, Rocky is not in Pantheon yet, but I think we can all agree that Rocky is fucking Pantheon, right? Sure. Okay, right? Okay, so let's use Rocky real quick. Rocky is a fucking Pantheon movie, right? But you also have those other movies that it might not have the quality of Rocky, but my time in the couch is so much fucking fun that it is Pantheon to me, not because of the higher qualities of Rocky, but because of that, that pure enjoyment that I'm having. Almost like with Fright Night with me. I love fucking Fright Night because it's Mm -hmm. so much goddamn fun. It's no goddamn Rocky. It's no goddamn Godfather. It's not an Oscar caliber movie, but it's pure fun. Okay? So it's like, I... I like that quote from, and I I always uh, borrow it from uh, Roger Ebert talking about Down the Dead. It's not a movie that Roger Ebert, you would think, would love. But he gave it a fucking perfect score saying that, you know, art art does not define a genre. And I think that you have room for movies like Rocky, Godfather, and movies like They Live, Evil Dead, Fright Night. You know, on that same spectrum. um, Different quality. Yeah, but I also think, like, as much fun as I am having with it, there are, like, lulls in the movie, too. There are just scenes where it's just, like, just long and and nothing's really happening. There's, and, and and you like you want to get to the fucking meat and the chunks of the story that the, just there aren't are fucking some happening. pacing. I mean, the, the, so one of my one of my issues with They Live is just like, you know, when they when they get up to the hotel room, and Keith David's like, like you know, okay, we we need to figure out like somebody knows more about this. Somebody made the glasses. You know, what I mean? we need to, and that and it's like okay, we're setting up. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna find these guys who make the glasses, and then the next scene is like. 
the guy who the guy's who makes the glasses finds them. Yeah. There's, you yeah. know, what I mean, there's no like they didn't progress the story. Yeah. The story, yeah, the story, the story just kind of went like, Bleh, there yeah. you go. You know, that's a fucking. We didn't bring that up either. That's a mean fucking kill. For Keith Which David, one? Keith David, he's the duo. He's going with Roddy Piper on this on this adventure, you know. And then all of a sudden, boom! I said, "Well, yeah." I said, "Did you I, say that?" Oh, I'm well, sorry. I, yeah, I just yeah. mentioned that, like, I just, it's so anticlimactic. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. so like, so, well, fuck there's, Keith David, it's just know. like, okay, well, you're out. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's you know. Um, all right. So as of right now, Kyle blocked it, so it's not going up to Pantheon. But uh, what would you have said, uh, Nathan? Probably would have said yes. Yeah, just, I think it's I think it's probably one of the most relevant films, probably still today. Um, I have so much fun with it. Yeah, it's you know so fun. I mean? fun. Yeah. Um, I do think it maybe has some pacing issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't I don't like that like that particular scene that I just mentioned. Like that sticks out for me. It's just like well, that's fucking convenient. You know what I mean? Yeah, like because yeah, yeah. you, you you said let's go find these guys, and then like you didn't do anything after that. Like he found you and just followed you up to your hotel room. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's whatever. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't ruin the film for me. It just kind of sticks out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have said yeah. I, I would have said yes, obviously, but um, I tell you what, man, it's it's a, it's a close yes. You know, like yeah, I'm not, it, I'm it not, would, up, I'm would, not upset, you know, yeah. I'm like, you know, because there's movies that we're all here, like, oh, fuck, that was our chance, we're not going to nominate right. it. Like, uh, I don't even think I would probably nominate They Live. It would, it would, I have other movies I want to see right. up there. Um, I think They Live is a fucking blast, man, and I think it is relevant today. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, it's on a different spectrum of the thing, okay? Mm-hmm. It's, it's at a different end, and I like them for different reasons. I think... Um, I just watched The Thing again, mm-hmm. just because I knew a movie would come up tonight, and I, I had to revisit a, a Pantheon Carpenter film, you know? And I tell you what, guys, I'm so fucking happy The Thing is in there. That movie is quality from Atmosphere to uh, to Ennio Morricone's score to Kurt Russ. I just fucking love that movie. Effects, mm-hmm. and um, I love that movie for me, in my opinion, it's a masterpiece, Okay. They Live isn't so much as a masterpiece as it's like I'm having a blast watching this movie. So much fun mm. that I would give it Pantheon because of my enjoyment level is through the sure. roof on They Live. I think and, and I think it's, it has an important commentary. I think you can get yeah. you can you can have a smart conversation about mm. it. I think you can have an intelligent conversation, but then I think you can just have a bowl of cereal and say fuck it, and you're going to watch a Roddy Piper movie. Um, anything else that you want to add to any of this? No. Nope. This was a fun conversation, guys. I'm yeah, glad we yeah, had the really carpenter. Was. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever had to, I really dug deep into his music, though. I really had a blast with that, man. I'm looking forward to that trip to Detroit in November, man. I think it's going to be really cool. He's one of our last icons left. I wish that he would make another movie, man. You think he should just leave, stay out of the game? Because he tried. He did something like, in 2012, he did a movie called The Ward, and it was just bullshit. It was a piece of mm-hmm. shit. Um, Escape from L.A. I just rewatched that, guys. Oh man, it was a, it was. Well, Escape from L.A. is not. It was L.A. is fun. Yeah, it's but okay, it's, but it's a struggle. That was like, 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 like surfing totally next fun. to the nuclear explosion or some shit. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. it just went, yeah, it just went two bananas. But yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, yeah, and it's it's it sucks too because they, they did the same tricks. Yeah, you know, it was in Escape from New York. You know, uh, you have something in your body that's going to take you out at the end, and you know, blah blah blah. Like, I don't know. I think Escape from New York is a better Suicide Squad movie than Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, fucking by the widest possible margin. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, dude, I, Snake Plissken's just a great character. Yeah, right? I think but, he's fun. I mean, it, but you get a lot. I think you get a lot of the more of the character moments out of L.A. actually than you do from New York. In New yeah. York, he's so straight in New York. Yeah, but in LA you get the where he throws the can. I love that set. Like, Draw and it just, it just blows out. It's awesome. I was man. thinking about it. It's probably my favorite Snake Plissken moment. Yeah, 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 is the Bangkok 
surprise, whatever the fuck it's called, right. throwing the cans up in the air. Um, do you like the basketball scene better, or do you like the the wrestling or the uh, where he's taking on that big fucker and escape from New York? Escape from New York. I, yeah. I think the New York one, just yeah, knowing yeah. how much of a wrestling fan John Carpenter is, um, and it's like, you know, just knowing knowing that it's like, hey, like let's put Russell in the ring with fucking you know George Monsoon or the fuck this guy is like you know and just have him just wrestle the shit out of this guy. Dude, I didn't get to talk too much either about Donald Pleasance, you know, but man, yeah. that guy. I think he sucks as an actor, <laughs> but, but it's a, it's one of those good ways though. Where yeah. I am completely entertained by Donald Pleasance, like when he's at the That's his job when he's top at the. But it's like, it's so shit. He's like, uh, what does he say? He's like, "You're the Duke, <laughs> yeah. a <Yeah>. number one." He's <laughs> fucking drilling him with fucking bullets. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, this is a. Uh, I don't know. I've been kind of in a in a. Uh, I guess a, a funk lately, man, and it's like this really brought me out of it, man. I was like watching them left and right, I and mean, I had a blast with this. So even though nothing made Pantheon, guys, I had a fucking blast with this marathon. So um, that brings us to a close, guys. So it uh, looks like our next, our um, 2017 closer will be the Pixar hmm. marathon. So what do you guys think about that? I'm excited. I'm excited uh, about super it. fucking yeah. high quality films. Yeah, yeah, I'm not as excited as I was for this, but I think it's it's a must. You know, it's something that we have to do. It's a fucking it's our, Pixar. It's the year of animation. It's the year of animation, man. We're going to end it out with uh, seeing what the best Pixar movie is. So I think that's going to be really fun. Um, but before that, on October 28th, man, are you excited about this Evil Dead 1 versus Evil Dead 2? Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. And Because uh, we only have two or three more verses left. We're doing the Evil Dead 1 versus 2. Bring in uh, Matthew back for uh, the Paul Verhoeven three-way. Okay. So that's going to be pretty cool. And then I think, uh, Kyle, you're going to come back for Toy Story, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. So we're going to knock out the three-way before <laughs> I we... That, I thought we were all doing the Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. Then that all, yeah, I think that all fell through with, you know, Josh and everything else mm-hmm. that happened with, uh, you know, when he got busy and, you know, got yeah. another job or he's just been busy. So I think that kind of messed up those plans. Um, I'm still not opposed to it. That would give us, what, four? If we can all make that work. Sure. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it, so whatever you guys want to do. Just let me know, man. Yeah, because that way, um, let's get the Toy Stories out of the way before we yeah. do the, the big Pixar. So, um, final comments and close us out. Um, liked, liked this marathon a lot more than the last one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm excited to, to close out this year with some of the, the Pixars. Like, man. A lot of Pixar movies. We're doing what six for the Pixar one, and then three Toy Story. So, yeah, nine fucking Pixar movies to close yeah. out the year for me. So I'm excited for that. Where can they find you? Movie Script Life everywhere except for Facebook, where I use my real name, Kyle Brown. <laughs> <laughs> um, Avi, this ArnieCuntingham.com. Until next time, my good people. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. I'm Brad. Peace out. Yeah.